0: Colin Farrell makes the call. Evil Dead returns in the last Burt Reynolds movie this week on 30 2010. 30
1: 2010, 30 20, Three decades, every show, sometimes associated video. Thirty twenty ten. Thirty twenty ten. 2010, 2010. Surprises and excitement. Yes, we're going to the 90s and 2000s and 2010s on 30 2010.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to 302010, the leader Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you on a rip-roaring journey of all the great anniversaries and milestones from our favorite uh, things in television, movies, video games, music, and more from 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Watch how the world evolves. And There's kind of a great movie for that this week. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me?
2: I'm Dana Goodman and I'm kind of weak, so I think, I think maybe an 8 or 9 nation army. Okay. He <laughs> needed to defeat me
3: And I'm Jr. Rawls And I've had a tough week So I'm going to use Ah, tonic water My one weakness My <laughs> Achilles heel, if you will I see. Oh, it's a good thing that tonic water Wasn't shaken up more Or I'd have looked quite the fool, like the fool. An April fool, if you would Oh my god, I love that
0: episode <laughs> I don't care what anybody says uh, Man, there's a bunch of really fun stuff To talk about, some some really notable stuff in here Even though I don't know that there's any bona fide classics, but one thing I was Particularly blown away by um, But yeah, there's, there's a bunch of Fun stuff to talk about this week, 30, 20, and 10 years ago From the week of March 31st through April 6th, happy April Fools uh, April Fools, I try to look up some notable April Fools jokes, but they're pretty Ephemeral and they don't really occur Until like the 2010s when it becomes Like, oh shit, we have to do this that's oh, when no. all the
3: the corporations realize, hey, we can get trending if we do something silly. Yeah. or oh,
2: I don't know. When was Taco Liberty Bell? That was in the 90s.
0: Yeah. And, and, and
2: Taco Liberty Bell was fucking great. I think I have that ad somewhere. 1996. There we go. Think
0: Geek would do a joke thing that would end up becoming real products like the Star Wars Wampa rug and shit. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, and then. And then. Something happened in 2016, like we don't want to be surprised by news anymore, especially not on a holiday <laughs> level on April 1st, so cool it a little bit. But we're not talking about any of that. We just have a bunch of fun stuff to talk about from uh, 1993, 2003, and 2013. 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? Let's move on. Oh, once again, thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. Bunch of bonus shows up there for you. More is coming soon. Thank you so much for your continued support. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, Patreon uh, subscribers. We encourage you to give us five bucks or less or more. Uh, Anyway, let's move on with 30, 2010. March 31st through April 6th, 1993, 30 years ago in the news, uh, the construction of Cleveland's Rock and and Roll Hall of Fame begins. Yay.
2: (laughs) Why, Cleveland? I still don't know. Because Cleveland rocks. Yes. Cleveland rocks. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: Georgia, yes. Uh, God, I forgot. Drew Carey told me that. Yes, Cleveland rocks.
2: You know, no, no Detroit, no. I uh, Memphis. No, no Cleveland. No,
3: it's it's which city is willing to pony up the tax write off? Come on, that's yeah, what it comes. I to. know. Yeah, I guess because it's
0: not like a, affiliated with any association it, like the recording oh, you mean
3: the official rock and roll yeah, the, association the, the, the mayor of, of rock and roll all, that's, yeah.
0: that, that's probably the coolest concept ever i am the president of rock and roll <laughs> i decide who goes in but I'm there has to be some kind of committee is it really just cleveland people yeah
3: <laughs> no. it's it's whoever this museum hires mm. that's it
2: yep cleveland ponied up money they said yeah, we'll help fund the construction. Because they realize, yeah, Cleveland does not have a lot of, you know, tourist draws. So, sure.
3: If I ever go to Cleveland, I'm going to the Rock and Roll I, Museum. I right. have to go. I, yeah. I cannot name a single thing in Cleveland I'd want to go to mm. other than the Rock and Roll Museum.
0: Maybe a baseball game with whatever the Indians nope. are called now.
3: Gosh, like, no. God. Are they the Galaxy? <laughs> the
0: Guardians, I think that's what they're called.
3: Yeah, I. I, I, no, they're, I they're a baseball I, team to be named later.
0: I'd love an excuse to go to Cleveland because I really sort of love big cities like that that are just like massive, but kind of massive from like port days from uh, early in America, but don't have like. I, never mind. I don't mean to shit on Cleveland because it does rock. And uh, but yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum is being built, but no concert yet. They got to finish construction. Now let's move on to the movies of 1993, because boy, are there some. Uh, first up, we have
2: <laughs> another one of these fucking weeks where it's just like there's no rhyme, there's no reason. I
0: I still saw all these like organically. Uh, oh, yeah. First up, except for I can't remember this one: Reese Witherspoon, Julie Louise Dreyfus, Gary Sinise, Miko Hughes. Robert J. Stein Miller Jr. and Danny DeVito in Jack the Bear.
2: What the hell is the pedigree on this? All right, it's adapted from a book by Steven Zalian, who's one of the best screenwriters out there. Later this year, he'll write Schindler's List, and wow. but it's directed wow. by the guy. It's directed by the guy who's way more of a producer, including he's been the head of the Producers Guild before. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall Hertzkowitz, who worked with. Uh, edwards wick on like creating 30 something in my so-called life and producing edwards wick movies and it's a coming of age film where danny devito is their dad who has uh, a drinking problem and is also like a local horror host oh fuck and,
0: uh, yes yeah. why didn't i watch this? okay i didn't know jack the bear was a title or a demand
3: they, they <laughs> throw in far too much of this movie okay you've already got a lot going on in your movie with the child's entertainer horse, host whatever dealing with a lot of different aspects of fatherhood i don't see why into that mix you feel the need to throw in a neo-nazi child molester as well
2: <laughs> yes. i know like just reading the synopsis i was like oh it's a coming of age story and it's hard and they have difficulties with their single father and then there's this weird neighbor and i'm like so so we're, are we doing it to kill a mockingbird here but only if Boo Radley were uh, a neo-Nazi who kidnaps a child and dumps him in the woods to die. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, and then he gets torn apart by by uh, by dogs. So I guess it's okay. And Danny what? DeVito realizes, no, I there are real monsters in the world. Fake monsters aren't so fun anymore. Oh, what the fuck!
0: I don't know. That's I... too
2: much. That's a good point. That's just that's just too much for one movie
0: oh, I just want to see Danny DeVito host a horror show. I really appreciate it. I get tickled when I'm somewhere that plays commercial television and he comes on promoting Jersey Mike's. It is, couldn't be the more opposite of Subway's Jared, Danny DeVito. Eat it all. Get a giant one. It's awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. I mean, there's a reason to watch watch Jack the Bear.
0: Jack the, the Barrel a
2: horror host. Sure.
0: And the That's
2: weird. Let's talk about some trash cuz I love trash.
0: Yeah, this is a uh, semi-beloved trash. I knew a lot of people who liked this movie and there's a big reason for that. Starring Jennifer Rubin, Kurtwood Bitches Leaves Smith, Carrie Elways and the film role debut of Alicia Silverstone in The Crush.
2: Yes. And, We're continuing these this long and beautiful tradition of the late 80s early 90s of the The erotic thriller plus stalker movies. This is more of a stalker movie than an erotic thriller Mm because she's 14, but she's trying.
3: She is trying, and the movie is trying with her. So uh, Alyssa was 15 when they started filming, and she turned 16 while filming, at which point she sued to become a fully emancipated minor so that she could work unlimited hours on this movie. So the movie you see is the result of a 16 year old declaring themselves a legal adult so that they can make this film. (laughs) And she, 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 I,
0: I happy to mention this because she was the reason everybody was going. Sorry, Carrie Elways, because I can't think of many other people other than one of her co-stars who became famous forever off of music videos.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this gets this her it. the music video job, mm-hmm. and the music video jobs get her. Oh, I thought focus. it was
3: it was the reverse. Maybe she was working nope. on this nope. not simultaneously. Nope. This is her breakout role. She went from nothing to one of the most bankable stars in America, uh, based on everyone wanting to bone her when she was fifteen. That's what this film is. Yes. Because I remember I was excited
0: into seeing it because, like, you get to see your butt. And, like, even now, like, I'm sure that's
3: a double, but still. It is a stunt butt. Don't do that. (laughs) Why do that? This this film makes, uh, okay, a lot of interesting choices. Okay. (laughs) Uh, A very 1993 interesting choices. How about that? Because, in case we haven't said it yet, the main thrust of this film is 14-year-old girl wants to sleep with a 28-year-old yes. man. Yes. That's it. That's okay. the film. And we will single and white
0: female his life to get what she needs.
3: Exactly. And mm-hmm. yep. The movie could have done a lot of things different. Uh, they have the two kiss. I don't think there's any reason they needed to kiss. I think our hero would have been a lot more sympathetic if he would have not done anything in the slightest bit untoward to her and it was a hundred percent in her head but he is throwing signals people this is Mm -hmm. not an appropriate way to act around a 14 year old Mm -hmm. uh it kind of goes for the bitches be crazy uh theory (laughs) of film school because they could have just had a scene where it was like her as a young person like younger than 14 being groomed and having us feel for her having her feel like oh she learned warped sexuality and now she's acting on that because that's all she knows then she would have been a person this film just has her be the force who is going after this man with an intensity that you I don't see, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. <laughs> you don't, you know, yeah, honestly. No,
2: it's well, it, yeah. Cause it's an obsession. She, she is mm-hmm. completely, she becomes completely obsessed. That seems to be like her thing. She becomes completely obsessed with people and she will do anything to get them and stop anyone else from having them. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, compared to something like we talked about like poison Ivy, something like that, where it's like, again, like the precocious sexualities. like, I kind of understand having been a 14 year old girl thinking that you are an adult. Mm. Mm-hmm. and not realizing that you're an idiot and yeah she seems to be wanting to just be re- have him recognize that she's an adult and that they're equals but he she's half his age she's a kid and she doesn't understand but she's like but i'm hot therefore i'm an adult no. you want me that's
0: like, why no, we have laws
2: not that's that's why we have
0: That's so. that, yeah yeah but i i you know i do know uh this appealed to a lot of my lady friends around around this time mm-hmm. a few yep. years
3: it was very popular well, teenage girls want to be older mm-hmm. they do they they want to be adults mm-hmm. again that's why we have laws you know um but uh yeah yeah the movie is icky <laughs> at times and i think they could have made a lot more sounder Than decisions. I mean, there's so many red flags in this film. I half expect a communist revolution to break out. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) it's it it is also. I had sort of jotted down like, why is this always the only thing we can think to do with young up and coming female stars? Mm. But but like I was, I just looked into it. Aerosmith's "Get a Grip" is out in three weeks, so she couldn't have possibly been in their crying second video. Uh Liv Tyler was the other person I who debuted in yeah. Amazing, Crazy. There, mm-hmm. SNL made the joke, they're all the same song. But uh Alicia Silverstones in all of them, and then Liv Tyler joins them, and it was it was steamy for the nineties. Like we really liked this I mean, lady. We were willing to follow her in her theaters. And but I guess I guess I saw it on video then.
3: Um, it was way bigger on video than it was in theaters. It was not a huge hit, but once it hit video, it was like All of us teenagers rented it for either sleepovers or for other purposes. It skated in
0: as PG 13. It was available for you to rent. And it's the subject matter I don't think is that appropriate. But I I guess you'd see it in a
3: Hall in a Lifetime movie or made for TV movie. I I guess so. The dude is so freaking stupid, though. Okay. He's 28, she's 14. She's making him exceedingly uncomfortable. He needs to move. Just move across mm. town. How is she going to get to him? She doesn't even have a learner's permit. <laughs> There's no
0: internet yet. What's she going to do? Look him
3: up on yeah.
2: Prodigy? Yeah. And- this is the kind of thing that's like, does this age well? Oh, Jesus Christ, no. And it would be interesting to see like a modernized remake. But I think some of the reason why it's just bitches be crazy is because this is based on uh, events yes. from the writer director's yeah. own life. And then his his alleged stalker sued him for giving her character the same name Yep. so there are different versions of this yes she's got a different name
0: she's adrian or darian (laughs) they swapped the first two letters what the fuck
3: and it is very obvious if you just are looking for it you're like oh that's a swap that's a swap that's a swap but yeah based on a true story based on a true story of
2: course he's not thinking too hard about you know how she feels and why she's doing this because
0: he's writing about his own from, trauma. Yeah,
2: yeah, from his <laughs> from his perspective, he doesn't fucking understand why she. Would yes, do this. which it, yeah, exactly.
0: I can understand. This crazy. I can understand if someone the age and the look of Alicia Silverstone developed a sudden interest in me. I'd be like. I don't understand this at all. No. <laughs> Do I get away? Or, oh, God. But look, we don't have to weigh out what I would have done because I haven't. Uh, because I was busy seeing a classic tale in movie theaters from Disney Pictures Ron Perlman, Jason Robards, Robbie Coltrane, Courtney B. Vance as uh, Jim. <laughs> and mm. and uh, kind of the breakthrough, holy shit, Elijah Wood, like starring Elijah oh, yeah. Wood. And it's, this, yeah.
2: Well, didn't we, this, have, we had Radio Flyer, but it's, that was... It's true.
0: It was more ensemble, but this this came yeah. along with the... Back when I had all the time in the world and I'm paying attention to all the press and the PR around this, like, this is the new breakout star, Elijah Wood. He likes to play putt-putt in video games. But yes, <laughs> so The Adventures of Huck Finn uh, is is the movie. Mm.
3: So I'm going to throw this out here. What? Mm-hmm. Has there been a better adaptation of The Adventures of Huck Finn? I don't know. I, I don't
0: know because I haven't seen... Any other theatrical ones? But I thought this was, having read the book back then, I thought this was totally pleasant and dug it. It didn't seem to perform very well critically, but like, uh, I liked it. I mean, it was a kid kind of my age, getting into Mm -hmm. shenanigans in the South.
2: Yeah, the reviews have been, the reviews are actually pretty positive, um, but a lot of them pointing out, it's like, It's actually hard to adapt Twain. I've seen other Mm -hmm. versions of this. This one with Mickey Rooney from way back in the day. And the language is so much of it. And so it's the satire is so subtle that it's very easy to just get it all just wrong. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, the big thing is The Adventures of Huck Finn, the book, uh, is told through the eyes of Huck. So Mm -hmm. we only know what Huck knows. I think the movie makes that same decision. I think what we are seeing in this movie is just through his eyes. You can make a complaint that, uh, Jim, half of his name is Jim. Let's say, um, (laughs) uh, doesn't have enough agency. And I think that's a valid criticism until you remember that if we're seeing it through Huxfin, then we are seeing his behavior. You could all, you can make a hard case that Jim doesn't like Huck as much as Huck thinks he does that, that Jim Mm -hmm. is playing Huck because he's his only hope, his only hope to escape slavery. So he's having to put up with crap after crap because (laughs) he has no other choice. It's like, I want to get free. This is the only white person who will ally with me at all. And I think this movie does a really good job of getting the emotional heart of huck finn it's Hmm. a boy who decides that all of society is wrong okay that's a huge thing okay (laughs) i can tell you on the personal level i do not disagree with anything our 2023 society agrees with on the same level that 1843 white south agreed on slavery i don't (laughs) think society is wrong and i'm sure and 180 years from now people will look back on me and say what a monster I am because I didn't notice X and Y, but I'm not there. I'm not, I am like Mm -hmm. utterly a person of my time and place. And if you can reach beyond your time and pace place, I think that's an amazing thing. And that's what I think the emotional heart of Huck Finn is a young boy disagreeing with society on something society thinks is fundamental. And on that level with the boy emotions and the boy logic, I think this film captures that well. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I didn't get to see all
0: of it, but like it's, it's a kind of a big feature debut of Steven Summers. A guy would go on make the mummy. And if you listen last week, one of the GI Joe movies. Yep. But uh,
2: yeah, he became a big, big action guy coming from here. just, kind of nuts well Um, it's
0: it's, there's no there's no uh (laughs) interior shots really it's like all location shit so it's like big stuff it's uh Hmm. yeah it doesn't it looks it still looks impressive
2: now here's a question can it be shown in florida schools Mm.
0: i don't know i think everything has to be banned first and then on a case-by-case basis people who don't read will approve what gets into our libraries
2: i mean because now, I admit I haven't watched it, but Whoa. I have read the book and I believe it might imply that slavery and racism are bad things. No, we don't want to think yeah. about that.
3: The book is dark, y'all. I mean,
2: the book is get... super dark. By the end, I was like, I want everyone to get shot.
3: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and even in this film, I was surprised that Disney was willing to handle the darkness. There is the murder of children in this film. Okay. There are more stabbings and fistfights in this than any other kids' film I can recall. There is the exhuming of a corpse in this film. Yeah, there is a near lynching in this film. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's all PG. I I, I get I
0: gotta say it's like a Disney live action fan. A lot of that came from a different era, but like it was always kind of grim, and they didn't really shy away. Like almost everybody's a fucking orphan. Every single time, yeah. uh, certain things they didn't really shy away from. It's that it's they stick with me because they're semi-traumatizing. They're uh, they huh. period live
2: action films. Yeah, I will give them credit though. I can't explain why Jason Robards and Robbie Coltrane as the Duke and the Dauphin is like the best casting. I kind of already pictured Jason Robards in my head when I read the book thirty something years ago. <laughs> I don't know why I see that guy and be like Han man hobo. <laughs> huh, I did hobo he is.
3: I did uh, Huck Finn as a book report where I had to play Huck Finn. Oh boy. And I just leaned into it and was like total hillbilly the whole time and I got an A. So yay me. Yeah. But it was it was fun because okay, Huck's Finn's part of his thing is he doesn't want to be civilized. He wants to run off into the territories. Yep. And that's how the movie ends, just, just like the book. Um, Twain thought about coming up with a sequel to mm. Huck Finn and uh, uh, Tom Sawyer. He, he did. And, well, he, I don't think he ever came up with a sequel of them as teenagers or adults, because if you do the math, They are pretty much the exact perfect age to have to fight through four years (laughs) of the Civil War. Oh, great. So, yeah, the odds of both of them surviving through that, given their uh, personalities, probably not great.
0: Well, this did lead to Tom and Huck starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas, J.T.T. and Brad Renfro, which is pretty much a spiritual sequel to this from Disney. But uh, that
3: that is a much less fun I, I don't know it's, it's difficult to say like well, this Tom Sawyer is less serious Tom Sawyer yeah. is not the serious book Huck Finn is far more serious
0: I, I know I know it's just like th- this whole property is radioactive I was like shit we got to talk about this like I just don't want to <laughs> yeah, it,
2: it does I mean it does really just strike me as funny that it's like we've always been told that both Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn are for children and I don't think they are. Maybe Tom Sawyer, kinda, for like teenagers, but Huck Finn, like, yeah, it's about his being a runaway because your dad's an abusive drunk. Uh, the you know the immorality of slavery, treating black people like they're people. Um, you know, outsiders banding together to deal with the hypocrisies of society and try to find personal freedom.
0: It, it, I always felt, found it, that it's kind of
3: those are heavy, all
2: it's I always, but I think
3: it's. I think children need that heavy stuff. I think the sure. heavy stories are the ones that stay with us.
0: Yeah, and if you were you are an avid reader, it, it like never ceases to astound me. You can kind of, as a kid, go in a library and rent any book you want, but most of the – I was an avid reader outside of school, but uh, all, all the, the curriculum are all books that were popular – a hundred years or more with adults at the time, <laughs> and every you'd get these books of uh, with these situations and scenes and violence and sex that you could never ever get your convince your parents to let you watch. And, and just wondering now if society's freaking out a little bit more over this because they can like look up a Wikipedia about what something's about rather than reading the books their kids are reading. Anyway, sorry. Mm. Yeah, uh, the Adventures of Huck Finn, semi-successful, but I just I love I love Elijah Wood so much as like a entertainment person. He's I think he's mm. I love what he produces. I love what he decides to star in. It's always something that's typically kind of weird nowadays, uh, makes weird movies, stars in weird movies. Uh Really he's like he's got a win. good
2: track record of just hitting the road with some guys.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to wonder if this is the film that got him Lord of the Rings, because as amazing as he is as frodo and he will always be frodo for me. Mm. He's the best Huck Finn I've ever seen by mm. far.
0: Wow. His talent as a child actor was pretty astounding. Just ultra expressive yeah. eyes and he was just really really good. He's good now, but like he's just an adult, but he was an exceptional yeah. child actor. Yes, man, I want to go watch Over the Garden Wall again. And then lastly, <laughs> uh celebrating our uh local hero from my hometown normandy Gol- golden the second and burt reynolds this is bizarrely number one at the box office this week ladies and gentlemen cop and a half
3: my dad's doing hard time he must be very proud
0: he gets picked on at school
3: i'm interested in the night this way
0: and yelled at at home in bed by nine but down at the station
3: officer brother
2: here he's a real trooper <laughs> I don't get along with kids I don't like them. They don't like me. you have
3: to get up to impress me. Cop and a half. I'm your worst nightmare. An
0: eight-year-old with a badge. Rated PG. Cop and a half. Who doesn't love cop and a half?
2: Oh, I me. I know that line. Uh, That's not the line. <laughs> it's, he stole Eddie
0: Murphy's line.
2: <laughs> stole Eddie Murphy's line. Uh. And you couldn't say that in a trailer. <laughs> jesus fucking christ um i mean you put this in the head as like the last burt reynolds movie and mm-hmm. like i'm feeling that even though that's not even close to true
0: well i went and but looked at like, looked it up and like oh i'm a little young like i was like kind of came to pop culture consciousness when burt reynolds reign is over but him in the 70s and 80s he was one of the biggest movie stars in the entire world and he yeah and he bankable as hell and this is the last theatrical movie that stars Burt Reynolds. He's an ensemble, or he plays somebody's dad, or he plays somebody's king, but he's never the star of a movie, <laughs> a, a, a movie again, a theatrical movie. Uh, I went double check. This is
3: like the last Burt Reynolds movie, like the movie he's famous for. Yes. How about that? Yes, because now, it's like a kind of good I, example. As of, but you could absolutely see this being a filthy, filthy comedy in the 1970s. Just yeah. like where they just, like, go balls to the walls, hard R. Like, bad, and... even
0: Bad News Bears-esque. Like, it could have been just mm. totally mm. disgusting. Instead, it's insufferable with cuteness. Ugh. I cannot stand this movie. Oh.
2: oh. God damn it. Yeah, so they just kind of explain this little kid. He loves cops. He wants to be a cop um then he witnesses a crime and he's like i'll tell you who did it if you you know let me be a cop and so they pair him with a grumpy guy and they're going to have wacky adventures directed by henry winkler (laughs) Bonzi, you know better than this uh i read a whole bunch of reviews because i'm not fucking watching this i'm sorry i've had a really busy week and i'm not fucking watching this and how many times it is compared to Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. I'm mm. just like, why? Why are you doing this to us? We want to love you.
3: Because they had every stupid cliche from every kid's movie and every stupid yep. cliche from every cop's movie, yep. and they just had to smush it together into a shit ball, Just a shit ball to throw at you. It was...
0: It, and oddly, it, it originated as a kindergarten cop sequel. And... Mm which makes more sense. And Macaulay Culkin was supposed to be in the role of, uh, Norman golden weird. I feel like that could have been a little more tolerable. Just cause how much. I love kindergarten cop and how wild and kind of violent that movie is. Uh, but this movie is, I, I was like two young. I just remember renting it and I watched it three times. Cause we, you know, we got like six VHSs in my house and like, yeah, I, I don't think I like Burt Reynolds, and now I love old Burt Reynolds starring movies. the The violence, the southernness, the cars—they're wonderful. And this is just kind of, yeah, the last time Burt Reynolds was a movie star. Um, Yeah, and it's—he did—he did did plenty of other great stuff. I love when you Google him. Like, did you mean Burt Reynolds from Boogie Nights? I'm like, you're lucky. I love Boogie Nights because that dude (laughs) is way more in a bunch of other stuff. Burt Reynolds from. The Oh, God. The Longest Yard remake? No! <laughs> the, Burt Reynolds in the <laughs> Longest Yard. But uh, yeah, this this feels like a movie made in a different decade. Uh feels very much like an 80s movie and very, very not recommended. Is it streaming Maybe. on Peacock? It might be. It's a universal film. Uh, but I watched it way too many times, and I just remember I hadn't seen... My local university sports team, like ever, on a big screen, and it just got this huge. He has a Florida State Seminoles trash can in his office, and the audience went fucking ape shit in a movie theater (laughs) in a way I've never (laughs) seen before. Uh, Cop and a half, ladies and gentlemen. Cop and a half.
1: (sighs) (sighs) Don't
3: do it. Yeah, don't Don't do do it. it. It's it's not even a good bad movie, is the thing. It's not fun to watch this to make fun of it. I mean, if you really want a Burt Reynolds movie, watch The Last Movie Star. That that is some fabulous Burt Reynolds thing, and that's the proper coda to Burt Reynolds' career. What I just want mm-hmm. Gator and White Lightning. Watch one of those. Watch a car movie. Smoking the Bandit.
0: Fuck yes.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, I would wa- rather watch a bad Smokey and the Bandit movie than this. Period.
0: But yeah, he's he's in his broke evening shade period, so he'd go on to do a lot (laughs) of television. That's
2: right. Lonnie Anderson's getting all his money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oops.
0: Anyway, moving on to television of 1993, March
3: 31st through April 6th, Home Free debuts on ABC. What is Home Free? Uh, It's an attempt to make Matthew Perry a star. And like all attempts, and there were a bunch, like people really wanted this guy to be a television star. And it's the same character. Matthew <laughs> Perry is always playing Chandler. And I, I don't know. Well, I do know the perfect synergy of friends allowed that character to grow far beyond uh, the popularity of any of his previous characters. But it's the same character. Listen to this and tell me if you're hearing Chandler Bing. Well, I wouldn't say thrilled, but I'm still living at home. I can see why a divorced woman with two kids would need to do the same thing. That's very mature of you.
0: And I'm sure Vanessa will feel the same
3: way. Yeah, which sets her up perfectly for the fake tarantula on the bedspread gag. Matthew. Oh, what? I'm supposed to forget that she totally sucked all the fun out of my childhood? (laughs) You are (laughs) did, It is so
0: weird just because, like... It just seems like you're watching a Friends prequel or something like yeah. that. He's He is genetically mm. built and refined to be a sitcom star.
2: Yep. So He's yep. a grown son living with his parents, and then his sister and her kids move in, too. So it's great. It went, oh, uh, 13 episodes, two unaired. But I guess one of those <laughs> things it's like, well, it's good that it failed, because yeah. if this kept going, he wouldn't have gotten Friends a year later.
0: Yep. Wow, it's only a year later? Holy shit, that res- yeah, it- the resolution on that video was horrible. Yep. also debuting this
3: week in Forgotten Sitcom Alley. Good advice on CBS. Uh, yeah, this is Shelly Long trying to make her comeback. You know, she left Cheers and she was like, I'm going to be a movie star. And, you know, uh, once Troop Beverly Hills failed to light a fire, eventually mm-hmm. she came back to her bread and butter and oh, just never captured the magic of Cheers. But they kept giving her stuff. Uh, basically, she's a marriage therapist who writes books, and then finds out in this clip that her husband oh. has been cheating on her. Oh. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but I, I am not having an affair. This is a one-time fling. I feel nothing for this woman,
1: and I feel nothing for him. Oh, Look, Mister Uza, Misses. Mrs. DeRuza, this is mine.
0: <laughs> pointing at his cock. I was pointing at Shooter McGavin's cock. Uh, what's mm-hmm. that guy's
3: name? Christopher. Is it Christopher McDonald. I can't remember. Yeah, Christopher uh, McDonald. Uh, yeah. yeah. For 19 episodes, two unaired, but oddly enough, two seasons. You know, it's that weird half and half thing. It's a half season show, and they yeah, brought the, it
0: back for a second season. The mid season replacement, they call those, where like we have enough faith in this. Let's we'll we'll see what fails, and <laughs> we'll put this on as a replacement. Mm.
1: Uh, yep.
2: But oh, after she leaves her husband, it looks like now she's got to share an office with a divorce attorney. But she's trying mm-hmm. to keep marriages together, mm. and it's Treat Williams. Hey. So, dude, just just bang him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: gonna take seven I'm seasons, sorry. Diana. I'm
2: sorry, um, it's just he's just hot. You should just bang him. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
0: Speaking of bangable men, um, if you're willing to shell out the 60 bucks, you could have tuned in for the ninth annual WrestleMania pay-per-view. Uh, the first WrestleMania to be held outdoors, uh, taking place at Caesar's Palace in Paradise, Nevada. Which is weird, because I just looked at it and like it sold a third of the tickets of the previous WrestleManias because of the size of the venue. But I guess uh. every once in a while, they want a visual change and they probably make most of their money on the pay-per-view. And I, had, I just read briefly, a Lot of, most folks hate this WrestleMania, not not one yeah. of the best. And then why not let Diana discuss the next movie, because it is <laughs> her story oh, to tell. Well,
2: we're going to talk about me, my true story, <laughs> based on my biography written by Andrew Morton with secret help from me, Diana, not the Princess of Wales. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a TV movie based on the Andrew Morton book that had come out like a year before, and... I've actually watched a couple like Diana TV movies because they're really funny. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cast who they cast to play Prince Charles is always the best part because he's such a distinctly distinctly weird looking dude. Sorry, King Charles now. King Charles, His (laughs) Royal Highness. Uh, Yeah, but it's uh, Serena Scott Thomas, Kristen Thomas's sister, uh, who's more of a documentary producer now. Um, Yeah, it's dumb. It's it's a mini series. Maybe
0: you can help help me out with this, uh, Diana. Yes, yeah, uh, it, it, they just call it Diana, assuming everyone will know what it means. Is there? there I, yes, I guess isn't yes. that the more how, famous that's how Diana? She was. Yeah, or yes. that's how we, bitch... know
2: <laughs> we know this isn't about Diana Ross. You know, this isn't about Diana, the Ronan, Roman goddess of hunting. So, no, you say Diana, her true story. We all know what you're talking. And
0: you about. can you can definitely vouch that Princess Diana is the most famous Diana. I am forgetting her yeah. last name. <laughs> but
2: no absolutely people misspelled my name even though she was in the news all the time growing up people misspelled my name until about late 97 when she died and like she was a all over the news, just <laughs> and she was like a candle in the wind and it's like no one ever got my name wrong again it's it's weird <laughs> it just it, it just like got it soaked into people's brains that this is how this name is spelled yeah
0: i'm glad you got ten thousand candle in the winds worth of grammatical justice good for you <laughs> i names.
2: i got i got another season of of, of uh the crown left too yeah oh
0: my dad Which just
2: covered is, a bunch of the stuff that's in this tv movie. my
0: dad is all yeah. over my ass to watch the crown and it just seems the crown
2: is great yeah
0: he's like it's amazing you need to watch it uh and, uh, well, I'll get the NCAA March Madness Finals. North Carolina beats Michigan. Go Tar, Heel, Tar Heels Wolverines. Did I get it? I think I got it.
2: I think you got I, I think it. I think I got it. I played
0: Super Nintendo NCAA basketball a lot. It was a very neat 3D game. Anyway, but the biggest show in town <laughs> is sort of the worst of the season. Oh, but I not? I still have no problem with the Simpsons clip show, uh, especially in the, in the days of no on-demand. Like, it was... I, I What I remember is I missed this episode, and I remember the promos, the house exploding, just a huge <laughs> nuclear explosion, and I I somehow didn't get to see it. And back then I had to wait and wait and wait for it to rerun, and it didn't. And I was so sad because it seemed like the most catastrophic thing that ever happened to Simpsons, but it was actually a
3: – so it's come to this a Simpsons clip show, the first ever Simpsons <laughs> clip show made because they they were worried there was not enough Simpsons in the world. That's They were worried, are we going to make syndication numbers, guys? Yeah. We don't know. We might not make syndication numbers. Let's just throw in a clip show to bo- boost our numbers a little to make sure we reach 100 episodes.
0: Yeah, and to to save time on the animation, to save money on the resources, and we can charge just as much as a normal episode. So there's kind of a lot of there's like always more animation than I remember. I feel like there's more cutaways in an early family guy episode than in this clip show, but uh, there's a weirdly new animation that always is like, why is this here? When Homer falls yeah. down the cliff from the ambulance from the uh, uh, Bart, the daredevil episode, they actually animate him falling on the cliff instead of just looking at Springfield Gorge and hearing him do weird. Uh, just a, such an odd touch to do. Uh, in a. In a show that was supposed to be <laughs> just recycling gags but uh i didn't hate it but,
2: there the are s- I've always wonder about clip shows is they end up putting a whole bunch of work into them because they have yeah. to come up with a wraparound device i think that's so why the they stopped thing about about uh yeah Bart Sh- putting uh homer's beer in a page and then he opens it and that's when the house explodes and puts him in a coma and then makes him remember other times
3: I I always just remember an SNL skit with one of the girls from Family Ties who went on it and went, my favorite shows are the clip shows because we bust them out real fast and we can have lunch early and (laughs) it starts on a clip show and then in that clip show it goes into another clip show Oh and I'm hoping The Simpsons does that sometime. Just have a clip show that goes back to this one.
1: (laughs) And this,
3: this is t- probably too
0: modern to even talk about, but at the time, this was wacky even for The Simpsons for their entire house to blow up and Homer to go into a coma. There he is
3: goes into a coma from a beer can. Put a a beer mixer. can <laughs> is shaken up. Okay, that's we're we're getting to Captain Wacky Town territory. Well,
0: here here's here's the th- so in the next clip show they reference that Homer knew about Jacques, the French bowling instructor played by Albert Brooks. And the, the most recent episode of the Simpsons, the second most, he, he, Albert Brooks comes back to that character after 34 seasons. Uh, he plays Jacques again. <laughs> and people are like, no, the clip show said that Homer knew about Jacques. He wouldn't hire him, the guy who tempted his wife to be her bowling instructor. And one of the writers, longtime writers, I forget which one, just says, "Uh, clip shows aren't canon. Like, oh, (laughs) has that always been a thing? So maybe that's because, again, the Simpsons house blowing up, that didn't happen to like the fucking movie uh, for the most part, like in 07. So, yeah. So it's come to this Simpsons clip show. Fox wanted four of these a year. They were like, that could get us like whatever the male based version of lynched is. Uh, like that's, that's too much, but, uh, yeah, they managed to it won a season, but it's kind of an extra episode and I never hated them just cause it was hard to, I, I used to tape the Simpsons whenever I could, but I, we were a one TV household and I'd watch it every day until the new one aired. So I didn't, Jeez. I didn't mind seeing a clip show cause I love the Simpsons that
2: much. Before YouTube, this yeah. was pretty useful. Mm-hmm. You know, if there was an, any any show that had you know like a standout sequence or like a musical number or something you know homer in the land of chocolate is is <laughs> the greatest fucking animation ever but unless uh, that episode right. is on and it's probably not going to be because it's a new season now you're not going to get to see it mm-hmm. but it'll yep. be in a clip show
3: youtube killed the clip show yeah. but before youtube i think they had the place i never minded them yeah. i was never like oh this is worthless the
0: seinfeld enjoyed- one is amazing the 100th episode of seinfeld yeah. awesome yep. The uh, tw- 10th anniversary of Conan O'Brien. It's basically a glorified clip show, and it's the shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, YouTube killed it, and I would imagine streaming as well. Like, You can't really get away with that <laughs> in, in streaming culture. Uh, anyway, moving on to video games of 1993. March 31st through April 6th, we got Fighters History Arcade. Not the not the one I was thinking of, goddammit. Fighters History comes out in arcades.
3: Yeah, this is the game you walked passed to play street fighter 2 <laughs> but it's it's got carnov in it doesn't it uh this is the game so close to street fighter 2 that capcom sued yeah Ooh. and i'm kind of glad they lost because it is a rip-off it's a hundred percent a ripoff. There is it's like definitely taking notes and then just copying uh capcom's homework but uh Glad they lost, because I'd hate for Capcom to get a monopoly on the fighting genre.
0: Even though they kind of have one at, at this point. But it's it's still like, I remember reading about the law, and I forget what it's called. It might have a Latin name, but it's like, no, the game has these things in it, like fireballs and kicks, because it wouldn't be this genre without those things. And you didn't invent people fighting one-on-one in video games. You just popularized it. And... I, I wonder in hindsight I I think about this way too much if this wasn't precedent setting because the app stores on our phones in particular are flooded with things like Flappy Bird, Flappy Mouse like like holy shit like this isn't actionable in any way you can't like cop I, yeah I guess you can't it was established long ago there's nothing to really copyright within games I think you can trademark a system or something like that but uh rip off rip off away you can rip off any concept of any movie as well so i don't see i don't see how they would have won the case <laughs>
2: rip off away, rip off oh. away. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, it's also uh, on the charts right now yay uh
0: also out this week on pc dino park tycoon oh.
2: okay Who's coming in two months, baby? Who's (laughs) coming in two months?
3: Wow. Everyone knows Jurassic Park is coming, and everyone knows it's going to be huge. So the ripoffs are going to start, and they're not going to stop.
0: I I wonder if they – the development cycle was a little less Back I wonder if this poor franchise actually came about organically. No, the book was out, and everybody knew Steven Spielberg was making that thing. Um, Clash
3: of Steel, never even heard of. World War II grand strategy game, pretty much unplayable today. I mean, yeah, for more ways than one. Coaster for PC. So this is by Disney, and it's absolutely as good of a roller coaster design program as your 1993 home (laughs) computer can do. Wow.
0: I didn't even know Disney was, like, making that big a concerted effort into games around this point.
3: Yeah, this is their failure period. (laughs)
0: um and then last but not leastly space quest 5 roger wilco the
3: next mutation uh this is considered pretty much the highlight of the space quest series um they were a series of games set in big surprise space with a bunch of you know uh ray gun gothic and (sighs) that type of buck rogers atmosphere you're playing a Buck Rogers type character getting in wacky adventures. And this is apparently one of the best
0: radical and uh, closing out the segment with music of 1993, 30 years ago, March 31st through the 6th informer by snow is still number one, but we also have some new releases uh, such as beaster by sugar, uh, black tie, white noise by David Bowie uh, edge of thorns by uh, sabotage harbor lights by Bruce Hornsby in my time by Yanni, Story My Life by Pear Ubu and Undertow by Tool.
2: Yep. Tool is a lot older than you think. This is their second album.
0: I mean, we were informed a couple years ago when like their music appeared on streaming like two or three years ago and like kids everywhere who the fuck is Tool and why are all these old people freaking out about them? Like, and I said, sit down, I'll tell you. And like, ah, it's just fish for metal. It's, (laughs) it's, (laughs) uh, but. Uh, we will close out of the segment with "Sober" by Tool, which not I, my friends were such big Tool fans, and they put out so few albums. I never want to hear any of that music again, ever. <laughs> I can't stand it anymore. But the video for "Sober" is amazing.
2: Yes, it I is totally awesome. forgotten about it until I watched it today, and then I watched it again because it was so good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's just astonishing work of a stop motion animation, and and. Uh, grotesquely in a way in an immediate like a music i think music video was like the only medium you could even do that in because who else would finance it but uh yeah we'll close out with sober by tool but don't move we got a lot more to talk about as we zip 10 years in the future stay right there to two thousand three with Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes, off of Elephant, which was on Rolling Stone's top five hundred albums list of all time.
2: Man, I can't remember the last time I saw a band hit so hard.
0: Yeah, it was kind of bizarre, and I, I didn't get it until like somewhat recently that like, oh, this band can never actually exist again. Just uh, Meg White with Meg White has disappeared. She does not oh. want to be in the pub- public eye in any way. Hasn't done or said anything in public in almost uh, over a decade. Okay.
2: All right. I mean, I know people were being bitches on Twitter like a week or two ago talking about like, eh, this song would be better if it didn't have Meg White. And it's like, so it'd be better with half the band? Look, I okay, people made fun of her for being kind of a weak drummer, but Yeah, Jack White's kind of a musical genius. And if he wants to keep his ex-wife in his band, he probably (laughs) has a reason to. It's
0: it's kind of part of the distinct sound, like whatever her style of drumming is. Yeah, this song was everywhere. Oh, my God. I am one of the songs I am still kind of sick of. Seven Nation Army, uh, White oh. Stripes.
2: Well, mm. I want to talk about, like, what is it to write a full-on classic? What what does that feel like? Mm. I went looking for, how many covers are there of this? And there's thousands, They're, I mean. It,
0: they were, like, immediate, too. Like, I, I remember yeah. Flaming Lips did a cover with, like, an air horn in the chorus. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs>
2: yeah, there's very quickly. A, a ton of them. But, I mean, the true test of fame and longevity is, are you sung by stadiums full of drunk soccer fans?
0: Hey, I thought you were going to say TikTok, but you swerved.
2: Nope. No. Would you like to hear Seven Nation Army performed by 75,000 people at the Euro 2016 final?
0: Sure. Yes. Oh, wow. Can't tell if they really know the lyrics, but... really are singing those guitar parts. Still, yep, it's it's they, amazing to see. They, the g-
2: they chant it un, unaided. Like, without music, people will just start chanting that.
0: That's amazing.
2: It's, ah, uh, I can't imagine writing something like that and then hearing it. Uh, it would just, I'd cry. I'd be so happy.
0: But yeah, The White Stripes Elephant is out this week and uh, uh, also have new music releases, such as the self-titled album by Chris Cagle. Always working on my Cagle. Uh, Sleeping with g- Ghosts by Placebo. Uh, Blaze by Lagwagon, and Faceless by Godsmack. In the Club by 50 Cent is still number one.
2: I hope people realize that Elephant is not their first album, and you should check out previous stuff. I mean, the previous album had Fell in Love with a Girl, which was like a minor hit, so I think more people know about that, but White Stripes has always been cool. Deal with it.
0: Uh, And then a little bit of news. I did see some news. uh, Mm -hmm. All bad. Oh. Wait, maybe... no, it was no. Maybe it was last year. Something about Mark Wahlberg, like uh, settled charges, and like what charges were those? I'm aware of uh, some, ooh. and like no, he has multiple charges that involved aggression and racism, <laughs> like he, throughout most of it when he was very young. But uh, right. yeah, I was still astounded by that, and I was trying to find the exact quote. But uh, it's it's perhaps the worst news, uh, if I may get a little uh, preachy. NBC announces it an unnamed uh, reality show that it wants to take a stab at Survivor numbers this week, uh, hosted by a young man named Donald Trump that will pit (laughs) 20 contestants. I mean, one, I don't know that anybody remembers The Apprentice kind of warped into Celebrity Apprentice and then never went back, Mm -hmm. but it used to be just regular people competing like Survivor. And that I think without The Apprentice, Donald Trump is not who he is now. He is only where he is from being the most famous person <laughs> warped uh, by Fox News. And he would not be that famous because he, whatever star he had in the 80s as a mogul, that dude was like bankrupt over and over again. Bad businessman. He was not famous for that. He was not doing talk show appearances but it was survivor, or, uh, the apprentice, that gave him the celebrity that would eventually get him the presidency, and then deny it from him a second time. But that <laughs> that is announced twenty years ago, and they don't have a name for it yet. Uh, hmm. Twenty years ago, so yeah, just wanted, to, just wanted to give you some news to like really, you know, wipe the smiles off your fucking faces. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, a little bit of, let's let's stop, jump into the movies then, shall we? Uh, movies of 2023, or 20, 2003, 2023, 20 years ago, March 31st through April 6th. I wanted to find, I couldn't find this because it seemed, I've never heard of this. Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Mary Kay Place, Rebecca Johnson, Wes Ramsey, Steve S- Sandvoss, and uh, Wes Ramsey, Latter Days. In a,
2: Ramsey again. a it's so nice they named him twice
0: uh, <laughs> did i just ron burgundy that cool yeah uh and uh, a, a gay romantic comedy set within the mormon church and yeah. i'm like whoa that's so- like that huh. sounds like something i've never seen before uh what what is this but it was a small movie and i didn't see it streaming uh anywhere
2: yeah so it's it's written and directed by the guy who did who wrote sweet home alabama mm-hmm. so that was obviously a huge success. We so parlayed that into wanting to make something personal to him. So it's about Mormon missionaries who are always, you know, 1920 being sent out to tell people the good news. And they like move it move to Los Angeles. And next door is this like gay party guy who Woo. bets one of his friends. I could seduce one of those Mormon kids. And then like they actually, you know, end up developing feelings and one of him realizes that he's gay and The guy realizes maybe empty partying is not really what I want anymore. Maybe we can have a relationship. And most of the reviews knocked it for being, you know, having a lot of rom-com cliches, which, yeah, fair. But we don't get a lot of rom-coms that are not about straight, white, attractive people.
0: And you don't get a lot of movies about Mormons unless they're made by the Mormons. And I told that story elsewhere. My buddy was dating a Mormon, and she would get us the Mormon-made movies, and they are... Fucking weird, because there's a lot of things you need to know. These people are speaking perfect English. I didn't know this guy in a montage was on a downward cycle because he rented Die Hard because R-rated movies are expressly forbidden. She gasped in a scene in an airport when he was going to mission because apparently men are not supposed to be touched before they leave on a mission, and they hugged shocking the music swelled and, like you would mm-hmm. never get this so like so i've seen some mormon movies but i don't normally see the subject matter tackled by anybody who's not trey parker or matt stone and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's just seemed like yeah this seems like a unique little uh rom-com i wonder what this is about and uh yeah, and
2: obviously the you know mormon kid he comes out to his parents and they're horrified and they like send him to conversion camp and then you know he's got to choose hilarious which, should he follow you know Follow, follow how is that Parker. formulaic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah usually a rom-com someone's going to go take a job in another city not you know be imprisoned in the desert and they've got to like work off the sweat the gay out by running yeah, around. only eternal place, sunshine of the
0: spotless mind do they go and take you to like brain warp you <laughs> away from who yeah. you love
2: no i would like i want to see more stuff like that yes
0: um also this week we have dysfunctional families with eddie griffin in it and misspelled with the word funk and putting the funk and functional. I imagine <laughs> that was on the poster. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I mean, it's mostly a concert movie.
0: Yes. and But uh, also
2: has it does have his family come for his concert. So you can see all his crazy relatives. And
0: yeah. then next up, we have Timothy Olyphant, uh, Lorenz Tate, and Vin Diesel in A Man Apart.
3: A I love these outlier Vin Diesel movies. I was really hoping this it was one the pair. Mm. Vin Diesel trying to be serious. Yeah. This is as an adult and complex a movie as Vin Diesel is capable of making. <laughs> mm,
2: and it is generic as fuck. Yeah, I gotta true. get the drug dealers that killed my wife. Don't we all?
3: <laughs> but there. he teams up with one of the drug dealers, Diana, so it's deep.
2: Mm. Oh. No, the funniest thing I learned about this was that because the bad guy is named Diablo, Diablo, that the movie was originally called Diablo, and then they got sued by the video game maker.
0: Yeah, read about <laughs> it. Were you trying and... to get in Diablo Four, kids?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then they won. But they decided, ah, I don't want to call it Diablo anymore. I changed. Yeah. my Yeah,
0: let's give it something with zero pizzazz. <laughs> yeah, won't make me look twice. A man I... apart. What?
1: Yeah.
0: From what? What? Are we... Oh God damn it! I hate shitty movie titles. Mm. Uh. And then uh, next up, a movie I did not see with Jonathan Price, Kelly Preston, Colin Firth, and Amanda Bynes in What a Girl Wants. When you know what you need. According to this, I'm your daughter. When you see what you want, don't let anything. Go
3: home. I'm not going anywhere.
1: Stand in the way.
3: What do you say we get the party started? No. For me?
1: Amanda Bynes. She yeah. So nice.
0: Why are you trying so hard to fit in? You're born to stand out.
2: What
3: a girl wants. Sister Wallace
2: is here to see you. Oh my man. I'm not even cute
3: yet. Ah. Uh, so I watched this with my daughter. Yes. And she made me promise to read her review. Okay, Ooh. are you ready? <laughs> yes, please. Because I don't want to I have nothing to say about this. So cringe. Zero. Would not recommend to anyone who was living. It was so bad. <laughs> well, it didn't, didn't stop it from making 50 million bucks. Uh, oh, yeah. this has a cult following. Yeah. This was all over the sleepover circuit. Um, because it, it speaks to what I think is a eternal yearning of young girls to become princesses. Oh. That's what this is. This is exactly. effectively... Mm-hmm. What if you were poor, and this is like movie poor, by the way. It's like, oh, we're so poor, and coincidentally we all act and look and dress like upper middle class people, but we're totally poor, yo. Yeah. And what if you went from that to being royalty? You're yeah. always going to get a draw for that. It's, it's always going to have some place. The, the actual logic to it is total garbage, I mean, this is, this is not human beings. Okay. What happens is this girl's mother is told by someone that the husband who they're married, by the way, her husband doesn't want to see her anymore and she should just go away. She doesn't question this. She never (laughs) talks to the husband. She never calls him in 18 years, despite being a single mother. Being a single mother is hard. Yeah. And she had this, like, cash cow of a rich uh, English husband who she could have tapped, hey, I'm low on laundry detergent. I really need some cash. Uh, yeah, you have a daughter. Didn't your advisor told you? Oh, he didn't. Oh, okay. See,
0: that's what, give me the King Ralph premise where so many, there's a mass murder that occurs in the royal lineage that then John yeah. Goodman becomes,
2: <laughs> yeah. becomes royal. No, I mean, this is kind of uh, it's Princess Diaries kind of again. You know, it's the same thing. She goes off to England and, oh, uh, it turns out, you know, her dad's a stuffy lord and she tries to fit in with the stuffy lord stuff. And wackiness ensues. So, has yeah, some fish out of water stuff. I uh, Happy thoughts towards Amanda Bynes, everyone. Uh, yeah, just they, got
0: out of the conservatorship. And,
2: and she is on an involuntary psychiatric hold right now that's just been extended because <sighs> she had some sort of breakdown a week or two ago. I get um, it. Yeah. Uh. Another one of these like weird tidbits about this was uh, <laughs> this movie um, originally on the poster. She's she's given a peace sign.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, hello! and because
2: of the Iraq war just starting, they edited it to what? make it apolitical.
0: What is it? After- what was it afterwards? How many fingers could she be holding up? No, is she giving I a mean, Black I w- Panther? I was pose? hoping
2: that they turned her hand around, so now she's giving you know the British two fingers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're pretty funny. But no, they just kind of like she doesn't have a hand. Wow. Whatever. Dumb, to dumb, yeah. dumb, yeah. dumb. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's like a little. Uh, yeah, this is for little tween girls, and yeah. it sounds like yeah, it's it's fine for them.
3: It was based on a 1958 play, The Reluctant wow. Debutante. And oh my god you can kind of see it because this is all if this was taking place in a time before email and maybe when transatlantic calls were even difficult. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, but Mm. yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. 19, you know, the kid was born in like 1985, uh, yeah, we, we did get mail from England back then. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: But if she was born in 1940 during the middle of World War II... True. All
2: right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that That's a good point. All right, let's talk about another movie that got delayed. Oh, uh, because yes. Of current events.
0: Uh, technically... Uh,
2: this is the DC Sniper. Suddenly, yeah. movies about snipers may not a great idea. We'll push it back a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, number one at the box office this week. We got Dorada Mitchell... Katie Holmes, Forrest Whitaker, Kiefer Sutherland, and Colin Farrell in Phone Booth. What makes a ringing phone so tempting?
3: Yeah. If you hang up, I will kill you. You're kidding
0: me. I never kid. You shot him. Once you pick it up. Toss the way you went it. It wasn't me! You can't put it down. I have you with you. Colin Farrell. Get her out of here!
1: Forrest Whitaker. Freeze!
0: Keepers
1: of Don't you get the game yet?
0: In three days. Phone booth rated R. Phone
2: booth. See, now I thought maybe this had been held even longer because I feel like Colin Farrell looks younger here than he did in Daredevil.
0: Mm, it's like, kind of
2: possible.
0: Uh, kind of possible. It's uh, Joel Schumacher following up with Farrell after Tigerland. Um, mm. They both kind of made waves. It's a good movie. Uh, yeah. This is... Man, like a well-made movie, but like it's kind of dumb. <laughs> it's yeah, kinda, it's not
2: exactly underwritten. The pedigree on this is bizarre. Mm-hmm. It goes back uh, to Hitchcock.
3: Yeah, wanting to do a Whoa. Hitchcock premise. Yeah, the version I want to see, Jim Carrey. He was. Oh, he, he said he yeah, wanted to do it.
1: Yeah,
3: he was originally going to play the lead, but he backed out at the last minute. I love me some serious Jim Carrey. I mm. love me Eternal Sunshine, Truman Show. I would have loved to see Jim Carrey go, you know what, I'm going to stretch my acting chops and act in a phone booth.
0: Do you really think he could do that without being funny? I, I just don't see it.
2: Hmm. Take, take me. Maybe. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I don't know. No. It but would have been an interesting you... attempt.
0: True. How about that? And it, he probably would have had a better New York accent than Colin Farrell, because this is about the yeah. worst movie accents I've ever heard in my life.
2: This <laughs> uh, it's pretty bad yeah no chris this doesn't go back to hitchcock for inspiration this goes back to literally hitchcock oh. this is written by larry cohen who yeah knew hitchcock but we better know as the guy behind the stuff and it's alive
1: oh so <laughs> good
2: he literally talked to hitchcock because hitchcock's big thing he he got bored filming movies he loved planning the movies mm. and the idea of could we make an entire movie that takes place in a phone booth and he, Kind of worked on it and kicked it around of like, oh, how do you keep that stressful? How do you keep it tense? Blah blah. blah. He never got around to it, and then, yeah, Larry Cohen just worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, until he figured out, okay, how do we keep this guy in the phone booth? What, what will it take? Well, it'll take a sniper. That helps. He's That's there's a reason he's got to holding talk to him this guy. hostage.
0: If you if you leave if the phone booth drops under fifty five miles an hour, I will detonate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then he starts calling and it har- knows all this stuff about him and harassing his wife and girlfriend, neither of whom know about one another, because yeah. he's a sleazy PR person. I still don't understand why he was targeted. And no,
2: it seems like pretty low stakes. You know, uh, like it, it seems like Kiefer Sutherland's doing like a low rent John Doe from Seven, of like he's going to punish this guy for his sins, but cheating on your wife. While definitely a sin, it does not mean like, and I'm going to kill a bunch of people to make you feel bad. Yeah,
0: it seemed to it, it say, I've been watching everybody. Think of Keith or Sutherland's voice here and not my awful drone. I've been watching everyone. And have you? Because the guy standing outside creating the drama is a pimp. Maybe he's the most ethical <laughs> pimp in the world. But perhaps he's more deserving of being harassed with a sniper than a guy who's having an affair and lies to his coworkers. Oh boy. Mm, I, let's hope this pimp isn't raising a hand or anything. Jesus, don't don't lift a finger there. But but yeah. I, it's still like I wanna love it more because it's incredibly well done. It's like it, it is a Hitchcockian concept. It's filmed in ten days in New York. Damn. And uh it, it's a concept that Oh no,
2: it is not New York. I've seen people oh, yes, pointing yes, out that yes. you can see the LA buses in the background. It's you, it's not New York. But that's still the ten days. That's nuts for, that's for a big insane. old studio movie. No fucking way.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's it is <laughs> it's not it's both timeless and timely. They open with a monologue about how the phone booth is dying, um, mm. and how like three million New Yorkers have cell phones. Do they three million <laughs> Jesus? <laughs> like, uh, so what? So, so it's acknowledging that, like, what you're, what he's stepping into is antiquated. and He only uses the phone booth to call his girlfriend, so she doesn't have his cell number. Uh, what I thought was funny as an amazing time capsule, and we get this in any movie set in Times Square, whether it not be Times Square, of what was important twenty years ago. And I just I couldn't help but make a list of things that don't <laughs> exist anymore that are in the background on billboards because you got stuff like Toys R Us. The MTV studios, they do oh. not shoot anything from there. They, they shoot Ridiculousness in LA, and that's all MTV airs. susicle the worst musical <laughs> I have ever seen, is not on Broadway. Uh, the bar, things like the Barcode Club are gone. But what I thought was funny, the movie made a point about cell phones, and all these other things in the background are things that got replaced by my phone.
1: <laughs>
0: Net zero. Clearly paid a lot of money to have an advertisement. They still have a website, but it looks like it hasn't been updated since, like, 1997. Video rental stores. Uh, Maxwell cassette tapes are featured prominently. Uh. Kodak Film. Bell Atlantic no longer exists. That is who makes the phone booth. Uh, And then lastly, sex stores and men's... a store just called men's electronics. Like, well, what the fuck does that mean? All butt plugs. <laughs> what, <laughs> what does that mean? And I thought it, in, in the very nature of the phone booth itself, I thought, uh, I just, I went down a rabbit hole looking at this stuff. And at the time of the movie, there were still 30,000, 30,000 phone booths in uh, greater New York city. And I just wanted to like, can you imagine 30,000 of a thing disappearing from your town? Hmm. cars billboards like I,
3: yeah crazy you know, people I, I like, really uh, think once self-driving cars become a thing yeah you're gonna see so many fewer cars in existence just because your car is idle generally speaking for about 95 percent of the time mm. I mean, but i
0: i did also read the last new york phone booth was retired uh, less than a year ago, in May, yeah. and you can visit it in the city of <laughs> the city of New York <laughs> Museum. Oh, uh, yes, the phone fo- the phone booth.
2: so, so many homeless people peed there.
0: They yeah. they mention, acknowledge it in the movie, and it's just like and it's also a deeply dissatisfying ending because yeah. like I didn't hate Colin Farrell enough to watch him be tortured in a phone booth while bleeding and standing around broken glass. And the threats to his wife and girlfriend enough to like have the bad guy get away with it. And like, is he really changed? All he said was he loved his wife, but he, he already said he loved his wife. He wears a wedding ring. You could love your wife and still cheat on her. Like, what the fuck? It is a well-made movie, but not, but the opposite of good. But still, <laughs> of, of most of the stuff I watched this week for the show, worthwhile. And like such a cool experiment that, you know, you don't often see, uh, Mainstream studio films make anymore. Like, yeah, I have this weird concept. It's not going to cost shit, uh, and we're going to release it in the thousands of theaters, and it's going to become number one at the box office. It's it doesn't seem like you can get away with that at the time. There, you didn't see Boyhood resting at the top of the box office for its gimmick. Uh, hmm. But yeah, Phone Booth. Anything? Any thoughts on Phone yeah. Booth?
2: Yeah, I, I kind of have to go with light recommend too. Like, it's it's fun as a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's some things that I, yeah, I would definitely change. I, I would make him more despicable. Yeah. I would, I, <laughs> I wouldn't make it not quite sure who I'm rooting for anymore. That that would have been a little bit more interesting than it's like, yeah, you're just kind of an, or if he was the wrong guy, that could have been interesting too. If yeah. It turns out like the, you know, and it's fun because it, it plays out mostly in real time. Kiefer Sutherland obviously is on uh, 24 at this point. So that, yeah. that seemed like a fun little thing to go with and, yeah, I mean, if it was this guy was like, "I know what you did in Laos," and he's like, "Uh, what? And, I've never <laughs> been to Laos." And what was the
0: What was the point of the, if you want to change society? Why do you start by torturing a random guy with no power? It's it's just not it's what the the, the, the the new Riddler yeah. was doing. He was trying to make a greater point using also phones and torturing people in a very similar manner. But still kind of still fascinating to watch. Force Whitaker is rad. Keeper Sutherland's voice, like mm-hmm. maybe he's a Nepo baby, but like his voice fucking rules. I love Keith Sutherland's voice. And again, Joel Schumacher, I love when you see like, you know, he's his name is kind of synonymous with the Batman failures. But like he made so much cool shit and it, it like was a really talented guy with a diverse set of skills and uh, yeah, fun film
2: a very strange filmography and when mm-hmm. when it hit it would hit and so much of the time it's like what what why yeah what are you doing no
0: but it's yeah it's weird to think that the same guy who directed lost Boys and Batman forever directed <laughs> phone booth Tigerland yeah strange very strange and this is a, a, a project people were like all cycling for a while so yeah it's an odd near recommend for me as well just because like i didn't love it any more than i thought i would and rewatching it but like it still is admirable and i hope it's one of those things that i hope in- inspires young filmmakers here's a cheap thing with a cool premise that you know outside of the extras and the location shoots you could do uh test your test your direct test your writing ac- directing chops and shit um yeah. anywho phone booth out of the way uh 2003 march 31st through the uh april 6th in television uh get excited anime fans because trigun debuts on adult swim
3: ah this is a really solid anime Mm -hmm. and i do recommend it to people who don't watch a lot of anime Mm -hmm. i I think it's a really well done series about vash the stampede and it's a deconstruction of both the Western and the samurai genres. Uh, both of those are very violent genres, and Vash is a pacifist. And the whole thrust of this series is the world trying to make him give up his pacifism. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, wow! And uh, this was also the series that I got into thanks to anime music videos. They're not that popular now, but in the early 2000s, they blew our minds. I Did you see that the, the guy who made the first one died? And like Aww. the
0: outpouring of like, this was real. This is like a really important sub, sub, sub genre to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's also, this was always recommended to me. Like before this started hitting Adult Swim, this was kind of one of like the six holy grails in most anime collections and it's a tight like what 20 something episodes it's not
3: you're you're not going to be watching it doesn't go on forever i uh, bought it through amazon while i lived in japan because the japanese versions didn't have english subtitles so i needed to buy it in america and have it shipped to me in japan so that i could watch it because my japanese wasn't that good but it was a solid solid show. I really recommend it. And is there anything as a broad general trend that is more faithful in terms of adaptations than adapting manga to anime? I you got to because unlike
0: uh, your Marvel movies where they, you know, kind of trade in surprise and mess with concepts, a lot of anime is st- Seems to say, "Hey, this is already storyboarded. <laughs> let's just <laughs> uh, let, let's just throw this on screen." And and I'm I'm find it remarkable looking at it. This ran from April to September of '98, nine, and this is how long it took to hit U.S. shores. It was our it was on DVD, but it. it I always admired Adult Swim for doing this because, like, uh, up until this point, like anime had to be like real westernized, censored. And they'd kind of delight in not doing that, just give it a good English dub and let it run for an adult swim late at night. They would even start, have premieres at like one in the morning if something was super violent. Uh, but I always still thought like the audience who wants to see this has definitely seen this already. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, yeah. If Five you don't years. Have time, five if you don't years. have time to watch it, please Look up the YouTube video, Trigon, AMV, Kid Rock, Want to Be a Cowboy. Oh, hell like, yeah. Yeah. The perfect mashup. The perfect
0: mashup. I, you got to think the, ser- the series creator intended that to be there. He just couldn't get the rights.
3: <laughs> oh, better. I, I am
2: intrigued by the name Vash the Stampede.
3: Mm-hmm. Because, you should be.
2: Well, Vash is French for cow.
3: Exactly. Yep. That is <laughs> it, 100% intentional.
2: Did he turn? Does he turn out to be a cow in human
3: form? No. Do, do you want me to do it?
2: Uh, sure. Because, I mean, i an You'll
3: never watch so it, yeah. I'm not going to it. He's a sentient energy source. And the world they live in is on the cusp of dying out. But he and his evil brother are the thing that actually powers the world and keeps the world alive. Like a serious cows. Energizer Bunny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, try gun. I, I again. It, it has been on my list for a while. I just haven't had enough weed. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> debuting this week on ABC,
3: we got lost at home. Forgettable sitcom, another sitcom another forgettable about sitcom. a husband who isn't in touch with his kids.
2: Yeah, but it's got Connie Britton and Gregory Hines in it. Wow. And it died real fast.
0: Yeah, that'll bring... <laughs> Bring the kids in, all the Amanda Bynes fans out there.
2: Gregory
3: Hines, uh, also this week, Liberty's Kids Ends. Uh, this is a cartoon about the American Revolution. Oh. It's really well done. Yeah? It has a storyline that goes from start to finish. This final episode is about the writing of the Constitution. Liberty Kids is not a whitewash show. They show the good and the bad of the American Revolution. They had a sympathetic British character. They had uh, Native Americans being oppressed. They have a African-American gentleman who in this clip, uh, you know, has some obvious problems with the Constitution.
0: Moses, you know what I think of the practice of slavery. I, I despise it with every bone in my body.
2: It's not going to be abolished in the new Constitution. Is it?
0: I'm sorry, Moses. The delegates have reached an odious compromise between the North and South. It was the only way to save the Union.
2: <laughs> How long will this Union
0: last? A country that keeps so many of its people in bondage. I'm a peace-loving man, Ben. <laughs> so I, I didn't hear about this. Was it when we did we talk about it during its premiere? Did you bring it up then? We yeah. talked about its premiere. Yes.
2: Yes, I remember because the, they the had voice the, uh, cast. Arnold Schwarzenegger as von Steuben, which was brilliant. <laughs> Finally, buying an actual German-speaking person to play that guy.
3: <laughs> and that's Cronkite as Ben Franklin. And Nice. Uh, it had some great casting. It's a fitting conclusion to the series. If you want your kid to learn about the American Revolution in an entertaining way, big recommend. Man.
0: <laughs> look at Voice cast. John Adams, Billy Crystal... Benjamin Franklin is Walter Cronkite James Madison is Warren Buffett <laughs> John, Sylvester Stallone is Paul Revere Arnold Schwarzenegger as we mentioned Whoopi Goldberg is De- Deborah Sansom uh, Liam Neeson
2: Jesus Christ Norman, Ray Fiennes as General Cornwallis Norman oh
0: Schwarzkopf God. as Brigadier General George jo- Rogers Clark What the fuck <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is Benedict Arnold was this was this like uh, was this a tax write-off for everybody just it's (laughs) pbs okay so
3: you know uh, you use the pbs name and prestige and go to these actors and say it's for the kids and they go okay i'll I'll do something for the kids
0: wow so crazy
3: uh, but goodbye,
0: PBS kids. Um, I'd say, where can we stream it? But it's got to be the PBS websites, right? That's where it all is. Because yeah. video games, we have none to talk about. It's also about.
3: free on YouTube. Oh, great. If you want to go that nice.
0: route. As it should
3: be with things. Our tax dollars funded,
0: JR. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have to send in 49 in a self-addressed <laughs> damp box like PBS used to make you do. Uh, but no games this week. I wonder what happened. Uh, hmm probably some kind of shipping error uh but we'll close out with seven nation army by nostalgia 77 why is that i
2: i wanted to find a cover that changed it as much as possible and there are some great covers out there i quite enjoyed the oakridge boys cover but it's a little too straight so i wanted to go with something that would completely change the genre and turn it into i don't know more of an r&b jam and this one just hit i was like oh damn I I
0: loved it. So, yeah, Nostalgia 77. Let's do it. So, uh, stay right there. We got one more segment to cover. 10 years later. Don't move.
2: Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watch and for the week of March 31st through 6th. Oh, I got something all through time. Let's fly away through time, everyone. Uh, I'm going to go backwards chronologically because I got a heavy hitter hitting a big milestone. Let's start with 40 years ago this week, 1983, saw the release of Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, which is. So <gasps> <laughs> it's last monty python movie jr is shocked shocked (laughs) to tell you i'm afraid i think it might be my least favorite but it does that's fair it does have some really good sketches in there man and some that are just disgusting mr creosote is so fucking disgusting but there's some really good i mean every sperm is sacred got the movie banned in ireland so that's pretty impressive. good job guys jr you want to add anything about meaning of life
3: you're right. It's my least favorite Monty Python movie. Uh, the others just overshadow it so much. I think I've watched it one and a half time versus mm. approximately 70 cajillion times for Holy Grail.
2: Yeah, and Life of Brian, and even and now for something completely different, which is just, you know, sketches from the show. I've probably watched that more because it's a best of. It's a clip show, like we said. Anyway, uh, also, 40 years ago this week, um, happy birthday to the Mario brothers. They're, they've moved out of Donkey Kong, and they are their own thing. Yep. Uh, which Pinning the date down is a little... Uh, so I'm just going to throw it in here.
3: Thank you. I just wanted to throw this in here because before this, he was Jumpman. He was not actually Mario. He was Jumpman in the uh, Donkey Kong game. So this is it. 40 years of Mario, Mario.
2: Yay. All right. Now let's go back to another 10 years to turning 50 this week two movies that could not be more unalike and i, I love how this the, you see how the 70s were such an important time in film that we could have both theater of blood starring vincent price which is a really fun hammer horror movie about a shakespearean actor who gets revenge on all his critics by killing them in very shakespearean ways like literally having mob a mob of dude stab a guy like julius caesar and then The Mac, also from 1973. I can't believe they're coming out next to each other with uh, Max Julian and Richard Pryor, um, which I guess you've seen True Romance. You've seen a clip of The Mac because the lady's got all her breasts is out. And yeah, it's about a guy who comes out of prison and decides to become the biggest pimp in the world. And it's shot a location in Oakland with Black Panther involvement, sometimes helping and sometimes not helping. And it is a hell of a time capsule. It's just an interesting movie, but the the fact that it's you know really on the streets in Oakland in '72 '73 absolutely make it worth watching and it's kind of uh, elevated above black exploitation as a as a genre and make it, it yeah it's just kind of like a weird sociological thing going on and then the heavy hitter turning 100 years old from 1923 Safety Last starring Harold Lloyd I'm so happy. You have seen clips of this, even if you have no idea what the fuck I am talking about. You ever see a guy climb up a building and he gets to the clock and he's trying to hold onto the arms and he's falling off. Anytime there's some sort of retrospective of like the history of comedy, you're going to see that freaking image. Well, you should see the whole movie that it comes from, because first of all, it's like an hour. <laughs> it's really short. Uh, but also Harold Lloyd is the kind of least famous of the truly, truly great silent film comedy guys behind Chaplin and Keaton. And this, this is just his masterpiece. It's fucking amazing. It's about a guy from a small town. He goes to the big city and he works in a department store. And that's, that's kind of it. But then you have to do something to, like, bring attention to the store. And so he decides, oh, I'll just climb up the outside of the building. We'll, we'll do that. And he does, kind of. It, it is not rear projection. They basically built the outside of a building on the roof of another building and then had him climb up that. You can see down the streets to 1923's Los Angeles, and cars are going by, and people, and it is fantastic. It is out of copyright now, so you can find it just on YouTube by itself. It's like an hour tad, and it is so goofy and so fun. And it is a hundred. You ready? You can go back. Your kids are going to laugh at something a hundred years old. I promise you. So, yeah, show it to your kids. Show it to your mom. Show it to your dog. That's it for this week. Stay classic. But when
1: Coming into 2013
0: with Still Into You by Paramor- Paramore off their self-titled album, and I never do this, but I just want to weigh in on Diana's classic corner. Mm. I love, because uh, I was just in Disney World, if you look at the Muppets 3D attraction, it's a clock tower. And there is a black and white image of Gonzo hanging off the uh, and that in many other references to things no kid remembers are why I predict that ride is no not, not very long for this world. There's never a line. <laughs> they pretty. Star Wars is blocked off most of its facade. Oh, I do love the Muppets. And, and you saying Harold Lloyd is unappreciated because I think as far as the physical com- silent comedians go, he hurt himself the most. Blew off mm. his fingers and shit. Yeah, blew off a
2: finger and could yeah. still do those those stunts. It's,
0: yeah, he, he hurt himself the most.
2: Yeah. is Well, I don't know. Buster Keaton broke his neck.
0: He did. He did. But That's he, pretty bad. But I think Harold Lloyd had way more injuries. But that uh, but could mean he's... Is he worse or better? I don't know. I just watched the Jackass movie. So failing <laughs> <laughs> stunts is part of what I like. Anyway, new music came out 10 years ago, March 31st through April 6th. Uh, some new releases include uh, English A- English Electric by OMD, Overgrown by James Blake Wolf by Tyler the Creator Ten by New Kids on the Block uh, Disarm the Descent by Killswitch Engage, Dear Miss Lonely Hearts by the Cold War Kids, uh, Victim of Love by Charles Bradley, Pioneer by the band Perry, The Shame is True by Alkaline Trio, and The Terror by the Flaming Lips. Thrift Shop by Macklemore is back on number one after five weeks. Woo! This is the most fun news I've ever seen in a 30-2010 segment, and I demand to know more. Oh, no. Big tech news. The world's first smelling TV screen is unveiled in Japan.
3: What? It's exactly what it says, and nothing came of this. No one wants a smelling TV. The closest we've got right. uh, to this being something is the South Park guys tried to do it for one of their episodes, and it was a gimmick. No one cared. And then when VR came along, people were like, well, if we add smelling, it will be more realistic, and no one cared. No one likes smell-o-vision, no ever. One.
0: And even that, yep. the, John, didn't John Waters do it? But it was like a scratch-and-sniff card, so it was yeah. optional and didn't permeate the entire room or yeah. however this is supposed to work.
2: Yeah, polyester had a scratch-and-sniff, and, sniff and um, I don't think any of the smells were good. No. <laughs> I, know, I know poop and puke, I think, were on there. So. No, I,
0: one of the movies yeah. this week, I... I in this segment, I would never want to smell because it just, ugh, gross. Had fun watching it, but never smelling, smell a vision, still happening. I guess you gotta, can't just do f- a failed 3D effort again. <laughs> Why not try smell a vision? How yep. the fuck is this supposed to work? Oh, my God. And how do you well, support it,
2: it? Can it only run with spy kids all the time in the world? Because that also <laughs> had a scratch and sniff card. I forgot yes. about
0: that. Uh, yes. Smelling TVs. Get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> movies of 2013, March 31st through April 6th. Uh have a couple. Uh, the The Brass Teapot with Juno Temple. Michael uh, Engar Ingen- Inger- oregano Areg- oregano it's regano bobby moynihan i recognize his name what is this
3: Ali, uh- o- saw cat what is uh, the brass teapot i don't know what this if is If i tell you the plot you have no reason to watch it okay okay <laughs> the the only reason to watch this is because it's a well that's a weird plot but they don't do anything with it it's yeah. just like the stupidest use of this plot that you could ever think of i've
2: so so disappointed i was like reading it, yeah it was reading what the plot was like oh and then reading the reviews I'm like oh i want someone to take this and make it better mm. yeah uh this couple gets a teapot and they find that if they hurt themselves they get money <laughs> it's a magic teapot and it's like you can go in so many different directions now oh my god yeah and it sounds like eh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's gotta be
3: it gotta it's clearly a young couple because i hurt myself yeah. constantly eventually they discover that it can get money if other people are hurt and it's just Mm -hmm. like at that point just like volunteer at a burn unit yeah be a be Mm. a wrestling referee (laughs) yeah
2: that's a good idea yeah yeah it's just oh i mean i guess you could say it's it's kind of like a, a twilight zone alfred hitchcock presents kind of idea that just sort of yeah.
3: This would be an excellent 22-minute 1950s Twilight Zone Hell episode. yeah. It's a horrible 90-minute yeah. movie.
0: Wow, yeah. that sucks. And it's got Drunk Uncle and maybe Funke in it. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Uh, up next is, uh, what is it, Lee, uh, Lee Nichols Harris? Is that one name? Nicholas Harris? Uh mm-hmm. Pins Middleton, Rosario Dawson, Vincent Cassell, and James McAvoy in Trance.
2: Trance. Ah, right. The Danny Boyle movie I forgot existed. What? so i did get to watch it is a danny boyle movie i I haven't
0: seen i'm fucking pissed now
2: yeah it like didn't like it it came out in the u.s but they didn't sell it as a danny boyle movie which i don't really understand because he has name recognition
0: seriously and
2: like it's okay like it has a lot of cool stuff going on but it does require you to buy in that like hypnotism is magic
0: Okay, I mean, once
2: you're just like, okay, let's all pretend hypnotism is magic. Then it's actually a lot of fun Mm. because like James McAvoy works in an art museum and uh, Vincent Cassell, who always plays a creep because he's Vincent Cassell, is like one of these. uh, He's an art thief. And then he's like been double crossed by James McAvoy. But then James McAvoy hits him in the head. And now he can't remember what he did with the paintings. Like, I remember I was working with you to steal his painting and i double crossed you but now i don't know where it is Mm. so then he goes to hypnotist rosario dawson to try to figure it out but then more twists and turns wait is he remembering rosario dawson being there did she attack him what who's huh triple crossing quadruple crossing i love
0: a good quadruple cross shouldn't be exclusive to metal gear
2: yeah Yeah, and like overall it it was pretty fun um you know, it's a lot of Boyle regulars behind the scenes, you know, it was co-written by the guy who worked with them since Shallow Grave and um, Underworld doing the soundtrack again, like all the best ones. So, like, it was okay. Like, oh, it's a light recommend, but, you know, with the asterisk of like, but this is all ridiculous, though. Mm. But still fun, but ridiculous. I like so. it.
0: I'll, I'll put it next to Sunshine on my myself. And, uh, I love Sunshine. <laughs> didn't say I didn't like it. Just uh, a little
2: ridiculous. Yeah, there's a point where it gets ridiculous.
0: Yeah. This is
2: a lot of ridiculous, but that's okay. And I had to watch this because I'm too much of a giant baby to watch the next movie because they were selling it as being like the scariest movie ever.
0: And I'm a baby! And and yeah. And I, I hope people have been with us for the last couple of weeks because we just talked about Army of Darkness's 30th anniversary mm-hmm. Highlighting how the Evil Dead franchise Is just Is there—is there a more beloved franchise That gets dicked around <laughs> uh, More than this franchise And uh, 10 years ago today Elizabeth Blackmore, Jessica Lucas Lou Taylor Pucci, uh, Shiloh Fernandez And Jane Levy Number one at the box office Evil Dead There was something in the woods Everything's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine.
1: I don't know if you've noticed this, but everything's been getting worse every second. If we don't do something, we're all gonna be dead. We're gonna get you. Does that sound fine? Ridididar.
0: Oh, oh my god. And uh, if I didn't say it in our Army of Darkness discussion, I was very late uh, to the Evil Dead series because I started with the first one when I was young and I said, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just like a little slow and kind of cliched and I've only watched it like one and a half times and didn't bother with a franchise until someone put me into Evil Dead 2 and this like, well, this is the greatest movie ever made uh, and, and I'll <laughs> follow this series forever, but uh, but evil dead 2 is a kind of a tonal reset for that series and it's this is a uh fede alvarez directed written joint that is a modern update on a serious evil dead and holy shit mission accomplished like
3: this is <laughs> very a, good yeah <laughs> this is very this good this is without nostalgia goggles i think this is the best trapped in the woods horror movie of all time
1: Woo. oh boy
3: yeah uh it's yeah it's up there for sure okay that's the they from a cabin they have space. a reason to be trapped in the yes. woods. they have <laughs> fabulous reason one of the girls is going through detox mm-hmm. she od'd she's in danger of dying she wants to give up drugs for do for forever and so when bad shit happens to her they quite reasonably think, well, she's lying because she wants to go back and get drugs. Going through withdrawals, mm-hmm. behaving erratically. It's hallucinating. Mm-hmm. is erratic. That's an excellent excuse. That's a perfect reason for your horror horror movie protagonist to not just get out of dodge at the first sign of, of scariness. I mean, I know smoking pot and banging is cool, but if a member comes in bloody, maybe you stop it and go back uh, to civilization. But in this film, it's like, we have a reason to not trust this person and it works. Uh, It's different enough that it's its own thing, but there's enough callbacks that it's clearly based on the original source material. It's pretty much the perfect remake. Yeah. That's exactly
0: what I like. Whenever we say like evil dead, isn't a bad movie, but it it's the most interesting one to remake without offending fans of the series, like uh, yeah, take a stab at reestablishing this because the universe isn't without its serious elements, like mm-hmm. the the rules of the Deadites and whatnot. Like that's genuinely. I was playing the game recently. It's fucking terrifying. It, it's it's <laughs> absolutely terrifying. Even even with Bruce Campbell quipping all the way, but it it's it just struck me like, and I I don't know why I slept on it for so long because I was told exactly this ten years ago, but it it just felt like yeah, we're gonna we're going to make another aliens alien movie but ripley's going to be in her underwear and a damsel and <laughs> not not a badass killer like you know what ripley becomes in aliens and like why why but i walked out of it like that was fucking brilliant what a what is what a great idea and more i'm more stunned like this made like a 100 million dollars at the <laughs> us domestic box office of a budget of what seventeen million, the the sequel is due in a few days. Yeah, why yeah. why did yeah. this take ten years to to greenlight another version of? I, I people I've talked to about it like fucking love that movie. It's fucking amazing. It's great. What is going on with the Evil Dead franchise? Why is it constantly
3: getting screwed? Is it a, they probably just focused all their attention on the TV show for a while? I you have know, to imagine mm-hmm. like.
0: You couldn't, those universes would be kind of confusing existing at the exact same time.
3: Because this is nothing like the TV show. No. Way. It is, it is not connected. I mean, if you squint, you could say that this takes place in the same universe as Evil Dead 2 because it is the same cabin and maybe someone else owns it at this point. Maybe, but. Is, is that what the, I, is I, that,
0: is that the canon of this is the exact same cabin in the same world?
3: I don't know if it's canon, but this is the same cabin okay, okay, as yeah. I'm pretty sure.
0: I mean, they I don't, don't really know. establish it. It's just it's got the same Necronomicon, and uh, there's some kind of prequel origin set up in the beginning. But again, I, I'm hmm. not I'm not very fluent in the original Evil Dead. I'm just not, which like which made this just an absolute delight. It also, sort of, well, you couldn't call it anything else. There's too many. There's too many nods evil dead specific things mm. but uh yeah it was floored i thought it was great I Thought it was amazing i
2: i really have to appreciate you know the audacity to make an evil dead movie after cabin in the woods is already out yeah yep. and and to just yeah fucking go for it and yeah i was i thought about giving this a try watch it on my phone during the day and it's like no no or it
0: can't get me
2: <laughs> no it, it can't get me yeah no it, um, it sounds too goddamn scary people getting possessed they're cutting off body parts they're cutting each other up I'm like, nope that's okay the guys will watch it i'm fine
3: have either of you stayed in a creepy cabin in the woods you know no. um yes
0: i mean sort of yes but not not as a – no, but it, yeah, never the, – the woods is where I, like, feel the most safe. It's, it's – it's, I swear, it's like in a city on the ground floor. Oh, man, when I was four floors up, didn't give a shit what was happening down there. But uh, yeah, ground floor stuff it freaks me out.
3: I stayed at a creepy cabin in the woods during the heart of quarantine.
0: Is that and what those pictures were from you sent us?
3: Those are yep, those are the <laughs> pictures. It's like, oh, here's a cabin in the woods with weird spikes that could fly out. Oh, here's a secret <laughs> compartment perfect for hiding a body. It's it was I, I'm not a superstitious man, but nobody is superstitious until it's dark, you're in the middle of the woods and wow. you hear creaking sounds.
2: Mm. That's fair. All right. Now, for everyone who's going to make fun of me for being a giant baby, I did step up and watch Barbarian this week. Oh, awesome. Uh, which I loved. I thought it was great. But it was only after, you know, my 75-year-old yoga-doing mother-in-law <laughs> basically called me a giant baby for not watching it. So yeah, that's what I'm dealing it's with. It's good
0: for a fan of *Psycho*. Like, try to tell there you. There
2: is a *Psycho* thing going on there. You mm-hmm. are right.
0: Yeah. this I thought this was phenomenal, and I'm pretty shocked— how how did this end up leading to nothing? The, like, cheaper, yeah. worse-performing horror sequels get, get sequels all the time. Like, how did this stall? Uh, I think it was just officially announced like four years ago.
2: It's going yeah, to is, it, Max. is it Ramy stalling it? Is it the studio? I, I That's
0: don't, also a I don't possibility. Ramy and Campbell are producers on this, so maybe their involvement in other things kept it from moving. That's also possible, too. I kind of doubt it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just utterly befuddled. Like, yeah, I would love to see more of this stuff and more of the stuff uh, Alvarez has made. should probably look into it. uh, Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, this was like the right kind of gross and such a
3: tiny body count. Um, Mm -hmm. So this, I've seen this multiple times now, but this is the first time I noticed that the star plays every significant role in your horror movie. She starts out as the horror victim. It's true. Then she becomes the horror monster, and then at the end, she's the horror movie hero, last mm. slash last surviving girl.
2: Yeah, final girl. Final girl. Yep. What the huh. Fuck? That is interesting. Yeah, it looks like the director, Don't Breathe, is kind of his other yeah, and, big movie. So you're a lion guy?
0: Directed sequels to t- Texas Chainsaw Massacre and <laughs> Don't Breathe, but not this what the hell? What, what is the holdup? I mean, it just, it's, it's always fun for me to discover something. Cause you know, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the 10 year old stuff, but I, I thought this was great. High, high recommendation.
3: Uh, oh, huge recommend. This is the best movie of the week for me. And yeah. it's not even close.
0: Yeah. 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 And Damn. just gross in all the right ways. Uh, constantly scary. I even like paused it for a little bit. Like just want to take a breather. It's <laughs> very, very good. And, uh, Yeah, it's kind of one of those things that's like damn near masterful considering like what they're working with, mostly practical effects in a cabin in a dark woods. That's all we got. (laughs) That's all we got going on. And uh, everything about it is like incredibly effective. I'll probably watch this again before I ever watch the original Evil Dead. I'm I'm astonished. I'm astonished. Mm. I I had heard that, but I just hadn't gotten around to watching it. That is this
3: movie's reputation. I think when my son is old enough, And if he likes horror, of course. He will. I'll show him this version rather than the original Evil Dead Mm. because I do believe without the nostalgia goggles, it's the superior movie. Yeah. Yeah, but you gotta...
0: They should just retitle it uh, Evil Dead Ash Origins and (laughs) it can make a separate (laughs) Ash universe even though the post
3: credit scene, what the fuck was that about? Mm. That was... To satisfy the Evil Dead fans uh, of Ash, because it made no sense. It doesn't go anywhere.
0: No, it's nothing. It, it's literally it does- nothing.
3: And it doesn't make any sense in the context of this Evil Dead. So, Diana, after this taut little horror movie, like no wasted
0: energy, the credits roll. And at the very end, you see a dark figure and Bruce Campbell in a profile, and he turns to the camera and goes, Groovy. And, like, what? even
1: what wanted, does that like, have to do like, with anything?
0: We even wanted to look up, like, post-credits? Explain, were you teasing something? And like, no, it really just appears to be like, we know we gotta have Bruce Campbell somewhere in an Evil Dead movie, but he's not mentioned, he's not in the movie, but in the very, very post credit sequence he has one line delivered to camera. Allegedly, there is a there was a much bigger uh, scene with him in it, or at least referencing other like Evil Dead proper and both Campbell and Raymond are like fuck that. Like let let let's let this movie stand on its own, but it does look like a bit of fan appeasement. Like Bruce Campbell must be in every Evil Dead movie, and he is very very technically. You can watch it on YouTube. It is nine seconds, and <laughs> nine seconds. Uh, I, wh- I I kind of wish they hadn't done it, <laughs> to some extent. It just doesn't make any sense. It would make make more sense if Bruce Campbell popped up in like the studio logo before the movie. You to enjoy kids. But yeah, yeah. Like JR said, highest recommend of the week for me, the Evil Dead 2013 remake. And I can't wait to see did it, did it say it's going to HBO Max?
3: I'm, I'm um, telling you, Chris, I'm really think so. thinking hmm. this year's Elm Street Nightmare Uh-oh. Evil Dead series hey, is tight. Not it's a lot short. Unless you're making me do
0: Ash versus Evil Dead. Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. I'm guessing was in some state of pre-production because that would premiere two years later. And I th- would have to guess that's probably the biggest stall in getting the series moving yeah. again. But uh, I, hope it, I hope it comes back. Evil, Evil Dead Rise will be out uh, April 21st in, in just a couple yep. of weeks uh, in theaters. I have not seen a trailer yet. Wow. All right. Yeah, sequel almost 10 years to the day. Who do you think you are? Zombieland? Anyway, moving on to television of 2013, March 31st through April 6th, Jesus Christ, How to Live with Your Parents for the Rest of Your Life debuts on ABC. Another show with the same premise.
3: <laughs>
2: Another goddamn yeah. show. Oh, no. Someone's got to move back in with their parents.
3: Yep, yep. Oh, it's no. a divorced mother, uh, the actress from Scrubs. I forget her name. Sarah Chalk. Uh, Sarah Chalk. And, and there uh, you
2: go. Elizabeth Perkins and Brad Garrett those are her parents. Ah, yep. Uh,
3: you know, we're Sorry. getting more films about the economic crisis, you know, or TV shows as well. I mean, I feel like when it was that the worst part, movies and TVs didn't want to handle that for the same reason we haven't seen a lot of movies and TV shows about the pandemic. It's mm-hmm. just people want to escape, so yeah. they don't want to see the pandemic. And during the worst of the economic crisis, they really didn't want to watch people going through a horrible economic crisis. But once things are a little more stabilized, they're trying to view more about that, and doesn't go anywhere, but it's a decent attempt. Mm. Yeah, and and uh,
0: big TV news still makes me angry to this day. Confirming, <laughs> being confirmed after a month of speculation, uh, NBC announces that Jay Leno will retire from hosting, and that Jimmy Fallon will be promoted uh, from. Late Night, the Conan O'Brien spot, to The Tonight Show spot. This is CJ Leno, and NBC also announces Seth Meyers will inherit Jimmy Fallon's Late Night spot. That one I'm fine with. His show is different and
3: great. I, 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 I haven't seen a single frame of that, to tell you the truth. And this is why I I don't get a vote in this, okay, Chris? Yeah, right. I do not watch late right. night television. I have immense fondness for Conan O'Brien. I grew up with him. I Mm -hmm. loved him. But I never watched his show. So I can't really be like, ah, how dare you take off the show that I never watched once. Oh, Jimmy uh, Jay Leno or Jimmy Fallon? Uh, Conan. Conan. Replacing uh, Conan with Jay. I I can't get that angry because I'm the problem. I watched it. Blame me. I watched it like the
0: first week and then just totally spaced on it and caught up with things that were deemed viral and... That was also when, like, NBC, none of our stuff can go on YouTube. You got to go to NBC.com. But it's it just, it, it's a fucking waste because, like, we can't have Jay Leno going to another network four years later. You, you're sh- He's being thrown out. Like, he's being retired. And uh, yeah, you're you just in the exact same predicament you would have been with Conan, somewhat a new host struggling to maintain the ratings of television's most mighty franchise, allegedly. And uh, uh, it's it, and I don't have much against Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. I, I it's not for me really, just because like yeah. as as yep. as much as like I think the Tonight Show was a vibe. It was kind of a late night party. Jimmy Fallon treats it like a late night frat party, like literally down to the beer pong and mystery games and lip sync, blah blah blah. That's fine, but uh, I, the the things that I tune in for on Seth Meyers' show, he, like a heavier handed political monologue called Closer Look, and he's because it's produced by they're both produced by Lauren Michaels. He has a lot of SNL cast members, on, and so like a lot of times if a sketch really like knocks, knocks out of the park, they'll be on his show the next week to talk about how this happened, and where did David Pumpkins come from? That's why I like <laughs> Seth Meyers' show. Yeah,
3: I've watched a ton of YouTube clips of yeah. uh late night sh- stuff in the last 10 years but that's it that's I, the I, only time they get any of my money
0: i don't have access to nbc i pretty sure i have an antenna i'm pretty sure i could hook it up i just don't feel the need <laughs> don't feel the need at all but uh it just yeah it bums me out. and what did jay leno go and do he went and hosted a show again that was just canceled and i i don't know if that's to, if jimmy fallon's ratings were that low if that was to be blamed fucking idiots. Conan still could have been hosting The Tonight Show, or he would have quit around now anyway. Uh, anyway, TV Guide, wow, celebrates the six, their 60th anniversary issue uh, with six covers featuring stars of popular TV shows uh, from each decade. Lucille yep. Ball for okay. the, f- the 50s, William Shatner, Star Trek, uh, and Leonard Nimoy from Star Trek, the 60s, Mar- Mary Tyler Moore from the 70s, Bill Cosby in the 80s, uh, Homer Simpson in the 90s, and Matthew Fox from Lust for the two
3: thousands. Yeah, isn't that a weird choice? That is a weird I mean, one. when I think of two thousand TV, The Sopranos. You know, even in two thousand thirteen, I would have gone Sopranos. That yeah. would have been the better way to go.
2: Mm. But
3: yeah, yeah, this is. I feel like TV guides last hurrah because they're going to go out of business pretty soon, guys. It's and- really. I
0: found their website recently because he. Part of our job is, like, this movie, where is it streaming? And, like, that's what they do. (laughs) And, like, well, that's kind of perfect. Tell me where this is streaming. You're guiding my TV. But, yeah, the the, the quaint notion of a
3: TV guide magazine, wow. Well, I Uh, picked it up all the time when I was young. It was like, mm -hmm. "Um, can I have this? And I would, like, pour over it because I was a free-time millionaire. And uh, (laughs) it was like, how can I spend my precious Eight hours of watching TV a day.
2: (laughs) Oh, we subscribed. It would show up at the house and I I would go through it very carefully.
3: Your
0: newspaper, uh, like our newspaper came with like a weekly Mm -hmm. free kind of TV guide. So yeah.
2: And I I contrast and compare them sometimes because one, no, I think our local one, besides having the TV listings on a page, yeah, there was sort of the Sunday magazine Mm -hmm. had like a TV guide. That one was a little bit better for movies that were going to be on broadcast TV and episode, they'd had epi- episode titles for things, but they didn't cover like all of the channels. Oh, okay. Or they would only show them in primetime, like HBO after 8 p.m. And it's like, I need to know what's on at three in the afternoon.
0: What a thankless job. Oh my God. The, the work of putting together a TV guide.
3: Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> how they got their information. Did they just have like Bob call NBC and be like, and then what? I mean, and then what? And then what?
0: It's, it's Having, like having worked it in the, over, in the en- Enthusiast Press is, is an interesting cycle that like, uh, oh, in order for your magazine to exist, you require our free promotion? We should talk. We, <laughs> we should talk. We're, we'll help you out, facilitate this all we can. Uh, and it's, just, it's also bizarre to me that like, why was the TV guide around in the 50s? Here's what's on all four channels. <laughs> Don't bother <laughs> oh, with God. Dumont this week. Like,
2: (laughs) yeah, uh, pretty much. I I actually I took a class back in college that was about early television in Britain and Europe,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and we had like what they called the Radio Times, is the TV guide in the UK, and it's still called the Radio Times. Mm. They just expanded to cover television. Wow. And their their lineups were really specific because they would do live plays and just broadcast them. And then there was a break at like six p. It was like six oh five to six fourteen break to put children to bed there were just wow. nothing would be on <laughs> wow. and then a the, then the play rebroadcast which means all the actors had to do it again early television was <laughs> really weird that way
0: it, I, we, I did a laser and time just a, be a,
2: like for the next 15 minutes nothing will be on but it'll come on work.
0: i did a laser time about the history of uh broadcast television and in world war ii especially in england like put like yeah. a like almost a decade stall to that but like i was like well what was on television when nobody had one and i found like a listing cbs swimming lessons there were swimming lessons on primetime tv that's what you were watching (laughs) (laughs) swimming lessons yep
2: and yet they they kind of got tv faster than us because of the queen's coronation in 52 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it actually took us a little bit longer to roll tv out farther but yeah, I, I mean, we always make fun of how how antiquated it is when you see in a movie where the the TV goes off the air at midnight and they play the national anthem. And- yeah. That used to just happen, it's man. It's weird,
0: kind of frightening for me. I always like dread. I think of it because it
3: filled me with dread. What do I do? There's no TV. <laughs> uh, I'll be alone with my thoughts oh in the five God. minutes it takes me to fall asleep. No. I can't ah. even masturbate yet. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, looking back, was my number one reason for buying TV Guide? Crossword? Mm hmm try to find when the goddamn young indiana jones chronicles yeah. was a...
2: exactly yeah. i would go through the whole grid for things just cuz there's no index you just have to read the grid
0: i i loved it yep. i i always tell that story uh that i would get the tv guide and go through all the movies i had access to and i'd consult them with a the leonard malton movie book mm-hmm. and so i'd try and see all the four star ones but occasionally you know i'm Twelve and it's Doctor Zhivago, and <laughs> not really into oh, come it.
2: Come on, and, and, three and a half hours about the Russian Revolution. Who doesn't love I, it?
0: And and then just one time I remember Planet of the Apes,
2: dun, four dun, stars.
0: Dun. Sounds good. This movie rules. Like <laughs> just <laughs> mapping out mapping out my week in a way way more organized than I am now to watch it on TV. I'm
2: oh, sorry, I'm thinking I'm <laughs> seeing that so cinematic in my head. Little tiny Chris. Going, what's this planet of the apes and then just like a big there, there's the big inception bang, and the title comes up antista begins yes
0: i uh, <laughs> i am i am i'm a little kid i'm the maxwell cassette uh, cover star being blown away my hair flying back in a chair this movie's amazing oh, oh but yeah i love uh, oh. tv guide, TV guide. Uh, again, where we are with with TV, we talked a little bit about that and channel drift. Uh, I believe TV companies have now predicted there will, for the first time in my par- my my parents' lifetime, my grandparents' lifetime, we have fewer channels to look forward to than mm. more channels huh? will go away. That is probably yeah. what is about to happen. And uh, yeah, can't tell whether I miss it or not, but you know, I don't. I missed I missed the zeitgeistiness of it, like it just uh, the idea of everybody watching the same thing all at once, it just experiencing culture at the same time. I think that was really important to popularize things and really drive things into the hearts of people. Uh, I think it made fans, but it it did so by scarcity <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, like uh, appointment viewing, which I don't really care for. Anyway, anyway, uh, speaking of. Uh, Old TV meeting new. Uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated ends on Cartoon Network. Uh, This is the
3: best version of Scooby-Doo there has ever been.
0: Velma, baby.
3: Gauntlet Throne. Gauntlet Throne. Okay. They make, again, it's just like Evil Dead. They keep enough of the source material that it's obviously a great adaption, but they add in enough new stuff that make it interesting. Uh... Velma and Shaggy are in a romantic relationship in this. Daphne wants to be in a relationship with Fred, but he's super obsessed with traps. Oh. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's hilarious.
2: Not traps as uh, an offensive term for trans women? No. Mm
3: -hmm. Literal traps. Like, literal traps traps like like a box with a hold it hold hold up by a stick box with a a rope around it (laughs) and all those types of traps (laughs) yes (laughs) uh uh patrick walburn voices the sheriff and the sheriff's name is sheriff bronson because sheriff is his first name wow as the as the series progresses, the I don't got to lift a finger un-
0: around here. These kids do all the work.
3: <laughs> I, I, that's pretty much what he says.
1: <laughs> uh, as Scooby
3: the series gang. progresses, uh, the gang uncovers a massive conspiracy that goes for the entire series. Oh, nice! This has continuity. Like you need to watch the previous episode to know what future episodes are.
2: Oh my god! That I okay. Now I'm just shocked. Why that Scooby Doo would. Bother having continuity. Also, this is the eleventh of fourteen yep. Scooby Doo series.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> many of those happened before we were born. It's astonishing.
2: Yep, and, and still that's what got rebroadcast. And I watched them yep. when I was a kid in the late seventies, early eighties.
0: Do they still run uh, back and forth in a musical segment for two, three minutes every episode?
2: Mm-hmm. Special guest Sonny and Cher.
3: <laughs> Don nuts. Uh, you kids. So, if you were to watch every single scooby-doo episode of every single television show oh god it would take you uh 252 hours wow
2: oh so about oh, wh- 10 days one one hour one hour a night every night less than a year yeah
0: Do-able. yeah there you go there's uh, i smell Do-able. a terrible podcast Her- series out there somewhere
2: Yeah, come on. We—I just got a message uh, a couple weeks ago from someone saying, like, uh, that they just got into watching Saturday Night Live in 2019. I'm like, wow. Well, you got you got some work cut out for you if you want to go back and watch (laughs) the rest. And I did the math on how long it would take, and one a day every day, about three and a half years.
0: There, I'll say this is a massive SNL fan. Most of your love for old SNL is nostalgia. There's maybe one sketch per episode that holds up. Otherwise, you're going to need a lot of uh, topical context. (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh, oh God, that would be weird. Someone mm. should do that though. I, I applaud them if they try to uh, review every single episode. I of SNL. I did
0: because I, I have the first five seasons they put out with like with the musical acts on like eight discs. <laughs> I have all of those, including the never aired again New Orleans special. where uh, People were too drunk to film a live TV show in that city <laughs> during that, that time. Uh, but yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Moving all, on, we got we got some heavy hitters yeah. to talk about. All
0: right. Also this week, Castle. Uh, It has its 100th episode, uh, The Lives
3: of Others, and it's... It's a rear window Uh, homage, and uh, it's well done. You know, Castle has some real interesting episodes. They're not afraid to just do something different, and most of them pay off, and so does this one.
1: Yeah. Nice.
3: I've
0: only seen one clip of it with Castle dressed up like Malcolm Reynolds for Halloween. and uh
2: he's a space cowboy you wear that every year
0: (laughs) next two are are, are big for me game of thrones season three premiere here we we were just
3: talking about appointment viewing season three is when game of thrones becomes game of thrones i mean Mm -hmm. it was first season was a modest hit it was not the juggernaut at all second season building steam by third season we're in it this is when People are talking about it. People who don't like fantasy are watching it. All the fantasy people are going nuts because it's the best fantasy since Lord of the Rings. And this is this is the last monoculture show. I, this is the last it, show uh-huh. when you can be at the water cooler and say, definitely. I just watched the show. Everyone watching it? Yes, we are all watching it.
0: <laughs> it definitely was for me. And I, I remember we cooked like a, a mutton you know, I had a group watch for the last season, and we we tried with the HBO series that came, premiered after it. I don't even remember what that show was, because that's how long we maintained that. I, I don't <laughs> remember what started airing after Game of Thrones. For me, I had read the first three books, and uh, when I started to watch the first season, I was like, this is fucking slow, and it's so <laughs> literally adapted, I I fucking I just got bored. I got really bored. and I don't remember what drove me in, but um somewhere around the second season uh something I I was just lazily watching it probably this is when it becomes it starts breaking piracy records. I don't even know that something will <laughs> break piracy records on, on the level of Game of Thrones because it was important to people even without HBO. And uh I, 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 the second, the, the, the battle the last season, like, wow, yeah, you did it. Yeah. And this is when I came back on board for season three because at that point, I think that was, no, there was one more book, but this is, they're catching up to the books. I, and, yeah. and season three is <laughs> when I start to really love the show. Yeah. Personally, well, I,
2: I, I think season three is probably the, the best season of the show, too, even though, yeah, it is kind of slow and there is a certain amount of uh, moving the pieces around and table setting for bigger things. But premiere, you know, you got a lot of the fallout from the giant battle and people moving and going over here and people trying to figure out what to do and then sort of setting up of like, you know, this is going to be the big conflict for the season. And then we will get to a moment in June during the season where if you just stuck your head out the window at just the right <laughs> moment, you heard <laughs> Everyone yes. watching television starts screaming, <laughs> and that was a monoculture moment. That yeah, I'll never forget.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the
2: big difference between people who read the books who were like, "Oh no," the next episode, and everyone's like, "What?" I'm
0: I'm we'll get to that. We'll happen? get to it. I'm mildly soured on how the last season unfolded, but yeah, it's yeah. it really was just mostly like pacing it it. It was setting up the blocks to those stories the whole time, and they paid off in interesting ways. It just, but but like you're right. I don't want to forget how the world being in love with Game of Thrones, I believe this or Twilight also is pegged with the ruining of Comic Con because mm. this is when yeah. these fans were way more hardcore than people who collected trade paperbacks of Iron Man, and people would sleep on the lawn and camp out and stay in Hall H all day so no one could get in, so they could watch these panels.
3: Mm. but save it. It's already on the calendar for the June 2nd show. Okay. It's on the calendar. We'll talk about it then. Got it. Oh
2: my God. Yep. (laughs) There's, and there's a whole bunch of baller episodes in between here and there too. So I think Mm -hmm. we'll talk about a couple of them.
0: Yeah. And
2: uh, I want to talk about a show. Yeah. I cannot believe to this day that this appeared on network commercial television. It is. And I feel like half of you have heard me talk about this before and already know who I'm talking about, baby.
0: Yeah, and I I always say I was shocked how much I loved it considering how much I hate an overwhelming majority of this franchise. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are two and a half great movies in here and the rest are awful. Hannibal debuts on NBC and it was a poor fucking fit. God damn!
3: Again, network television. How does how does that work? It, I don't know because
0: I I, I watched know. it. They struck some deal with Amazon and would premiere. I think the episodes like a like week to week, a week later, or with like some delay. But like what Hulu does, but Amazon doesn't do that with anybody else. So it was like a big hit on streaming services. I think Amazon had some co financing deal in it because the ratings weren't strong. And this is some of the most grotesque and violent shit I'd ever seen. On, on network television it was
2: so i think it, it's only a couple episodes in and i almost noped out because it was too disgusting and i and i love silence of the lamps it's seriously one of my 10 favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. and and i was just because i ended up watching this streaming and and after almost every episode i'd stop and like, turn to my eyes and be like how the fuck was that <laughs> on like the old ER slot. I don't understand this. How is this yeah. not on FX or Showtime or HBO? Something else.
0: Oh, it's, it's 30 people it's, sewn to one another and then spiraled end to end, decaying inside of a wind silo. Let's spend an yeah. hour here. And yeah,
2: And <laughs> no, The one that almost made me nope out is guy kidnaps people, buries them underground, puts IVs in them, and grows mushrooms off their bodies.
1: Oh Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that, that's like your case of the week. Because the the thing with Hannibal is is you kind of alternate. There is because it is based on Red Dragon primarily. The the that is the, Will Graham, the the character from Red Dragon, uh, slash Manhunter, and his psychiatrist friend Hannibal Lecter that he doesn't know is the Chesapeake is, Ripper. Did I tell and that certain, their cause relationship cause is the
3: best? Tyler and I were Would watching. You say my, my... this is a love story between those two? Yes. Yes. Or, yes. or like, or like a uh, kind of
0: psychotic uh, teacher trying to unseat the students, like people who, mm. it, like, it's such an odd relationship. I, I love that. Like, we were like a season of the show, and Tyler's like, "Let, let me." Show, my roommate was like, "Let me show you this," and it was Red Dragon, and he's like, oh, "No, I only want to show you the beginning," and and they have there's a conversation like, "You're guilty, Hannibal Lecter," and then <laughs> Red Dragon credits, and he's like. That's the basis for like the first two seasons the opening yeah. the <laughs> opening of Red Dragon and and it it's yeah it's part of the the tension of the series is the is that ever mentioned in the movies the the potential to become a serial killer by our main star in chief Hannibal Chaser yes. seems to have a propensity for whatever this is that drives people to do the things that Hannibal does
2: There's a lot more of that in Manhunter both the book and the movie Mm. than red dragon which we've talked about as a movie is is pretty terrible but is a much more literal adaptation of the book where this guy is so good at getting into the heads of serial killers that he worries that he can not come back from that and and this show takes that really far
1: uh
2: yeah meanwhile he is consulting yeah with this psychiatrist who's Yeah, also a a serial killer. And he's, you know, he works at the FBI, and he's Lawrence Fishburne is his boss. and
0: Claire Danes is his wife. Yeah, technically, (laughs) yeah.
2: In real life. I love his 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 name, Dancy. Dancy.
0: Hugh Dancy. Hugh Dancy. Mm -hmm.
2: And, yeah, and you get a mix of, is he going to figure out what's going on with Hannibal Lecter, plus, you know, case of the week stuff. And the case of the week stuff is fucking nasty. Oh. But, obviously... Who could play Hannibal Lecter in a show this weird?
0: Mads Meagleson.
2: Obviously. Mads. Goddamn. Mickelson. So he was. He is was... so creepy.
0: Yeah. It's it, so now...
2: interesting. Like you're like, I kind of want to have sex with him and then maybe he'll kill me. But <laughs> as long as he makes a fancy dish out of me, I kind of don't mind.
0: Some of the most pornographic cooking sequences of of non human meat. But like,
3: uh, geez, the show is. But isn't there always the like hint we really know what this could yeah, be? This could be anything.
2: What it could be.
3: This
0: could be anything. The guy had quite a refined palate, but yeah, he, I think Mads Mikkelsen was people knew who he was through Casino Royale, but this is I yeah. think like really elevated who he was. It just again, a bad fit with NBC. This would have launched should have launched a streaming service. Like, um, Ooh, and, yeah. and it would have been a massive hit. Instead, it kind of like found its way to Amazon in a really weird way that wasn't publicized well. Uh, and and let's not forget the unnerving dream sequences. Like, there's no way people who, <laughs> it, like, fall asleep watching Law & Order are enjoying this. This is almost torturous for a ne- on a network television show. And, and, yeah. and I had in my notes just the most significant thing I've ever seen Scott Thompson do outside of Kids in the Hall. He is... One of the corners part of the main cast.
2: <laughs> oh, wasn't he on um Larry Sanders?
0: Yes, that's true. But like I think there's Aha. I think but there's there's more of this because it's an hour.
2: Oh, I mm. well, if we're gonna talk about smaller characters, we gotta talk about Jillian Anderson. Yes, who is exceptional on this show.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Takes her while to pop up. She's just sort of around occasionally, but yeah, she's Hannibal Lecter's psychiatrist. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh dear. And yeah, no, this show is freaking amazing, but, you know, be warned. Yeah, it is a full-on horror show. It, it, there's more graphic stuff than you would expect there to be on a network show, and it is really creepy, but I think it is... Um, it it, it did such a good job! It, it Even just... though, you know, they're, they're adapting in the second and third series, they're kind of adap- going back to adapting the books, but it still flows from the first season really well. It's uh, yeah. There there is nothing like that show.
1: And
2: it it's a like big recommend for me for Hannibal, even though, yeah, buyer beware. Streaming
0: streaming on Hulu, maybe even Plex for free. I can't I can't
2: Ooh. tell exactly,
0: but it's thoroughly worth checking out. It's only three seasons of like twelve episodes, so it is palatable as well. It is it is beautiful and like shows yeah. why Brian Fuller was kind of a TV genius because I didn't think. Anything that had been made with Hannibal Lecter after Silence of the Lambs was embarrassing, in my opinion. I think really, yeah. really, really bad. And, and now, like, if you had to ask me, like, who's your favorite Hannibal? I'm like, just leave me alone. I don't want to answer that. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> is there anybody better than Anthony Hopkins? Oh, this is so good. Well,
2: it's so, but it is very different.
0: Mm-hmm. It is very you know, different. That's
2: what I appreciate. That he really leans into, you know, he's, he's, he's so cosmopolitan. And he's
0: helping he a lot of the time. so
2: refined. And, he's, and all the time he's helping yeah, while he's I mean, also yeah. doing sick shit.
0: Even though, I guess, Hannibal Lecter's always kind of helping in, uh, in everything but uh, Hannibal. Uh, That's true. Movie. In Silence
2: of the Lambs, he tells her exactly where his but he fucks with her along the way.
0: Very, very, very recommended. Um, and uh, finally, in video games of 2013, we got uh, Defiance Win... Can't tell. Is that a JR note? Defiance Win for PS360 or <laughs> oh, the actual wait. name of a game.
2: Is Daniel Craig gonna kill Nazis?
0: Oh, is he? No, I I, I understood the reference. Defi- no, I don't know. I don't know what Defiance Win is. Um, but the other two games I had intimate experience with. Uh Battle Block Theater. I wish I I loved the um whatever that company who did Newgrounds, the games they made, like Castle Crashers and Alien Hominid. This is like a bunch of interesting platform mini games, uh, based in that Wait, that animated style.
2: Defiance of video game for Windows, and that's why. Oh, that... Defiance <laughs> Win in here.
3: Yes, I always <laughs> say PC. I just it's...
2: looked up Defiance Win, and it's like, do you mean the play the person no. Defiance Ohio? No, like, no,
3: no, it's it's based on a sci-fi sci-fi television uh. show. Oh, wait. Wow.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Was this the show that was like trying to simultaneously weave in its story into an MMO while it was mm-hmm. shooting a television show and they didn't have anyone to sit them down and be like, that's fucking impossible. But don't bother doing that. You cannot do that. These things do not work on the same schedule at, at all. So I, I, I think the game lasted longer than the, the, the show. Uh, The show did, but it was a very expensive endeavor, but uh, I'm more recommending Battle Block Theater, and I believe for Double Dragon 2, Wanderer of the the Dragons for Xbox Live, if you're a giant Double Dragon fan, you know Double Dragon 2 is the best. And if you're a big Double Dragon fan, you'll instantly see how this fucking sucks. It is a 3D (laughs) remake of a walk-forward-and-punch, a belt-scroller, and it's Quite possibly one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's hilarious. We did a stream on the laser time thing of three double, like weird double dragon remakes. Cause that series, I always say that about double dragon. If you aliens came down and asked me what video games were in like five to 10 games, I'd have to show them double dragon. It was just one of those <laughs> things that was synonymous with the fucking medium, but kind of petered away. But if you were grew up playing games when the medium was just starting, double dragon was very important. And uh I know for a fact this is delisted because that's why we stream it. You can't get it anywhere it is it was no. panned. there's no reason to play it, and you couldn't if you wanted to um but the yeah, look for a double dragon laser time stream where we showcase a bunch of bad double dragon games uh on our YouTube channel. anywho um yeah, thank you we're gonna have a we're gonna tell you who died during this period as well as a quiz on who was born you can play along with it's really fun, so stick around for a second as we rattle off some plugs uh support the laser time patreon patreon.com slash laser time supporting all the shows that we do all the people that, that are on and uh all the equipment that needs updating and things that need hosting thank you guys so much for keeping us going for eight seasons of this show very appreciated um hopefully when we're surpassed by another 30 2010 show they'll talk about us in at least once <laughs> one segment uh yeah, patreon.com slash your time. Give us five bucks, or don't, or one, or 20. Just whatever you can spare or ignore us. But then tell a friend about the show. Video Game Apocalypse this week is going to be super fun. I know we're going to be talking about Resident Evil, among other things. Uh, Die, where can folks find you, at?
2: They can find me on the Twitter at lecineard, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. Or follow the show at 302010podcast, the 302010podcast. Also, shout out to the... 100 Things I Learned from the Movies podcast who had me on. Both. Foolishly, they said, hey, do you want to pick a movie and come on our podcast and then just tell us factoids about it? Yeah!
0: I, I got so, one I can do that with. Let me know. Yeah.
2: So uh, I taught Casablanca and I learned even shit I did not know. Really weird, interesting little facts. So it was really fun. Um, But anyway, coming up next week... We're finally going to start getting out of the doldrums of March, February, where it's just been a couple movies that we're talking about and not much else. Next week, Sandman versus Big Jack.
0: Oh, my God. What?
2: Yep. Also. <laughs> is that, also, a, is that a movie
0: of Rudy Giuliani in it? Probably. Ugh.
2: Also. One of the last of the great 80s style erotic thrillers where we ask the question, would you rather fuck Woody Harrelson or Robert Redford?
0: Is that really a question?
2: (laughs) I know. Plus a million
0: dollars.
2: (laughs) I think I'd pay him a million dollars. (laughs) And then, but if that's too adult for you, if you're a 90s kid, though, we have one of the 90s kid movies that I've never seen. And I will watch it this week, but I quote it all the time. When my dog starts going crazy, I just look at him and say, you're killing me, Smalls. Oh,
3: you're going (laughs) to love it. It's great. It's a phenomenal film. Also, we're going to have the very last time I can talk about Clone High for their Christmas special in April. (laughs) (laughs) Also,
2: it's coming back to HBO.
3: Yeah. They just just released images.
2: Yeah. Well, ahead of the new episodes. The old episodes are are up on HBO. Oh, awesome.
3: And, uh... Hail to the King Baby on Dreamcast. Hey. Hmm. Dreamcast. Uh, community Goes Puppets. Oh, beautiful. Yay,
2: fun with puppets.
3: And the affirmative and authentic escapades of a ported mother who murdered a cheerleader in the Lone Star State. Okay, I'll have oh, to wait yeah. to see what that one's about. And, uh, <laughs> but die
0: with all that, who, who died during this period of 30 2010?
2: Oh, damn it. Well, someone who we should all know his name and what it's worth on a triple word score. Because in 1993, we lost the inventor of Scrabble. He was 93. Wow. And his name is Alfred Mosher Butts.
0: Do you mean to tell me a guy named Almo Butts had an obsession with rearranging letters? <laughs> 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 I don't get it. I don't get it.
2: Almo Butts. Almo
0: Butts, baby. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Then, uh, this one's sad, though. Uh, in 2003, we lost uh, actor-singer Leslie Chung, who is only 46. Um, unfortunately, he jumped out a window nope. because of depression. So if you were thinking of doing the same, please, please tell someone and get help. Because he's, uh, I just looked him up, and they're like, oh, already these articles about, like, yeah, it's been 20 years since we lost him. Because he's in so many good movies. A Better Tomorrow, Chinese Ghost Story, mm. Farewell My Concubine, Happy Together. Oh, my God, Happy Together is so good yeah it's just it's it's unfair it's one of those it's just unfair the really talented guy and then uh, oh it hurts in 2013 we lost everyone's film loving grandpa roger ebert who was 70 he finally lost his battle to everything cancer Mm -hmm. it was uh, he was literally being whittled away Yep. literally being whittled away because he had, I think it was throat cancer mm-hmm. and they like, he, it took part of his jaw and they like took an, a bone from his shoulder to try to place it. But like he couldn't speak for a couple years there. Yep. And he, they, they were working on getting him a voice box like Stephen Hawking used using his commentaries for movies mm-hmm. <laughs> to get together an alphabet for him. And apparently he just kind of walked around with post-it notes and just gave people notes. Yeah. After that.
0: Just everything but keeps was, coming out. Shut up, Gene
2: yeah but but it was kind of kind of great though that like it happened at a time where like we had twitter and so here's someone who has a lot to say but he can't physically say it yeah. and so he was writing so much like yeah. up until the mm-hmm. day he died so yeah
0: yeah I, I, think, I think it's easy to say he i don't i don't have the um uh, uh, the accreditation to call him the greatest film critic of all time but he's easily my favorite uh mm-hmm. He's insightful. He can be... He appreciates the artistic, the weird, the populist. Uh, I really... Like, I always... It, a lot of his stuff's on, like, every Wikipedia page for every movie we see. But it's, yeah. It, yeah. his takes are generally interesting and, and mirror mine or bring voice to something I can't really explain. He never
3: phoned it in. Mm-hmm. I, I oh. cannot think of a single Ebert review where I was like, well, obviously he didn't think about this. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he seemed to always try to give it a good review and I really just wonder if Siskel would have changed any you know if they would have lived the same amount of time Mm. Mm. would Siskel have been this revered figure as well
2: yeah maybe I don't know I mean one thing I appreciate about Ebert is there were times where he just got it wrong Mm -hmm. and then over time he would go back and be like yeah no my initial review of this was I yeah it didn't click but now it's a cult favorite so I'm going to look at it again on the flip side he loved Cop and a Half. He thought that kid was
1: great.
0: <laughs> Again, always interesting. And you may think you you may think you there's nothing to glean from reading a book of old criticisms from a dead guy, but I swear to God, if you pick up, I think there's three versions of the book. I hated this movie, which are his most negative reviews. It's like watching a modern YouTuber, but much more. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> awesome. It's the same kind of entertainment. And, uh, and and I remember like around this time he fell under fire in my community by declaring that games were not and could not be art, and then eventually said, ah, I was wrong. I love that. I love that about like, like I love reappraisals of all kinds. It wasn't because he, he was staunch about it for a while. I was like, No, no, I see, I I, I you got through to me. I, I'm it's not just me wanting you to shut up. I get it. I was I was definitely wrong on that. And uh, yeah, love Roger Ebert, man. And and I think like there's very few people you still see like on the cover of movie posters. Dazzling says RogerEbert.com. He's been dead for a decade, but his name is so synonymous with reviews. It's like I I was—I say I can't think of any other website like that. And then I was like, oh, Breitbart and and Huffington Post, even though she's not dead.
3: Uh, And (laughs) I looked it up. The last movie he ever reviews. We're going to talk about next week. Wow! So really? His work Ooh. lasted past his actual death. Wow!
2: Oh God! Please don't be scary movie five. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, it's not.
2: <laughs> okay, that's good. Awesome. All right. Well, death's yeah. out of the way.
3: Jr., what do you do? I, 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 it's time for the Ba-ba-ba! birthday quiz. My birthday is a birthday day time. Day Turning an even eighty. Eighty. Yeah, it was born. Born with the first name Ronald. He would later go on to change that. So that is not his current name. Still with us. Mac from Always Sunny. No, keep going. March 31st, 1943 in Astoria, Queens, New York. Uh, To a Scottish immigrant from Glasgow and a German immigrant from Geshelkirkenschen. Oh, Geshelkirkenschen. Yeah.
2: Oh, I, ha- I have a loose guess. You know guess. it? I okay. Think what is I think I...
3: Give him a hint. Is
2: it Donald Trump?
3: No. 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 Oh, he's wow. not He's not 80. He's not 80.
2: Okay. He's close, though. But no, but he's, he's he, close. G- German and his mom is Scottish. Yeah. That nope. was a fair guess.
3: It was a fair guess. And he's so- from Queens. I, th- I thought it, too. Just it, was, it was Scottish through beyond. Okay.
2: All right. All right. Moving when on. he
3: was 15... A girlfriend showed him a magazine photo of Elvis Presley, and this individual said, This guy looks like a Greek god. Then I saw him on television. I loved everything about him, and he changed his hairstyle to imitate Elvis Presley. Huh. Emilio Estevez. Sorry. No. (laughs) He's not 80? Movies of his we have talked about include At Close Range, King of New York, The Comfort of Strangers, Batman Returns, Sleepy Hollow.
2: Oh, Christopher Walken.
3: Christopher Walken. Born with the first name Ronald Walken.
2: Ronald. Also went to clown school as a kid. (laughs)
3: You know, I like to make everyone laugh.
2: Yeah, there's pictures of him. I want to say Life Magazine. That Do a sounds little spread on, like, terrifying year old Christopher Walken oh. putting on clown makeup. He's frightening like, when well. he smiles
0: without clown makeup.
2: Oh, uh, he's the best.
0: I haven't killed anybody since 1984. It was a circus. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Walken. Hell yeah. Christopher
2: Walken. I, gosh, I have to encourage people to look up his one number in Pennies from Heaven. Because... He, That motherfucker can dance, can and watch, he loves dancing, you and you watch, see it uh, in that that number.
0: Keep up with our theme of recommending music videos, Fatboy Slim's Weapon of Choice. It's just him yeah. dancing and then eventually flying. It, Why not? It works. It, it does
2: work. Yeah. Uh, it's, I try to imagine, like, there's some people that are so singular that I try to imagine them having, like, not discovering acting, having a regular job. It doesn't work for Christopher Walken.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not sure what he do. And a guy you can do an impression of so much that he's like he had like a decade of his career that was almost defined by comedy. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine Chris Walken in this comedy? But then, like we just talked about him in Catch Me If You Can. Like, he has so oh. many great like straight performances. He has so many great menacing performances. He has so many great comedy performances by just. Dialing things up and back, up and down a little bit, and it, it's really fucking cool. He's such a really interesting uh, icon of uh, of thespianism, thespianity. Yeah.
2: Ah, yeah. oh, I love that guy.
0: Yeah, love the Chris. Ford Yay!
2: Thing. Please, I want him to make it to a hundred. I want people to be suspicious that he's living so long and <laughs> assume he's a vampire, and for him to not argue with them.
0: Yes, and then to make. <laughs> make a uh, AI generated prophecy movies till the, for the end of time. Oh, uh, I forgot about it. The Chris Walken franchise out there, <laughs> didn't you? Uh, but yes, that concludes our show. Patreon.com slash laser time, tell a friend. And we're going to close out with uh, new kids on the block. Diana's favorite band. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> got it. got an album no. out.
2: They have an album out in 2013 and I listened to yeah. Remix. I like the, and I'm like, okay, first of all, God damn it. This is actually a pretty good song and second of all again it has a great video it is artemis from it's always sunny ruining a party by getting funky wow it's fantastic (laughs) you should absolutely check it out
0: awesome well i will but i gotta close out this show patreon.com slash time take us out new kids